Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello there. I'm Jake. I'm Mike. And welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Podcast. Holy spectacular! Today we have a very, a very special episode today. Oh my god. Yes. We have our first and very special guest. <gasps> yes. Would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Dick Aquilino. <laughs> That's <was> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have our good friend Nick here today. Woo! <laughs> Let's go. Yes, welcome. <laughs> I'm bowing. You can't see it, but I'm bowing. <laughs> it is a pleasure to have you on, good sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. So... The reason we have brought you on is because today's topic is horror films. Ooh. Ooh. Do the air horn. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick! Yeah! <laughs> yes! There we go. Wow. Yeah. The yeah. crowd loves yeah. me. Yeah, dude. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Um, yes. Today, we're doing horror movies. And mm-hmm. what you know, better way to celebrate that and talk about that than having a director? On. Wow, thank you. Uh, yeah, my, I'm Nick Aquilino. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a film lover. I know a lot about movies, especially horror movies. I love horror movies. Um, comedy. I love all movies, to be honest. But horror movies are like, I would hold higher than most movies. They're exciting, right? Yeah, they're exciting. They're fun. They're scary. They're all those things. It's, it's, it, has, um, <laughs> it has a lot of, you know, scares and uh, there are like a comedy you laugh yeah and in a horror movie you get scared yeah right that's what's the exciting part about it is do you think like the scope of horror movies has kind of shifted like in what the goal of it is now what what do you mean by that so like i feel like a lot of horror movies now really emphasize like we were just talking about this in the last one because it it equates to games and movies Mm -hmm. like jump scares are like a really Mm -hmm. big thing now and I feel like people are like movies do them a lot because they're easy, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like they don't really take like, I don't know, like there's more to horror than just like, boo. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? I know what you mean. I, but jump scares have existed for a very long time. And I, also the other thing with jump scares is I, I enjoy them when they're done well. Yeah. Like when they're crappy, they're always crappy. But right. if you're involved in the story, it's going to shake you up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. I don't mind getting tossed and turned around. I just like um movies that you know involve me like i want to be involved in the movie if i'm involved i don't care like how they're manipulating me quote unquote you know i guess since we're on this sort of topic let's kind of skip to the end of this little list in your opinion both of you 
What makes a horror film good? Why don't you go first, Nick? Okay. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I don't know how exactly to answer it right at the second. Um, so, what makes a horror good good for me is that I get involved in it, I guess. Mm. Um, that I really like the characters, that I'm involved with the characters. I like those characters. I want to be with those. Maybe I don't want to be with those characters, but <laughs> um, I want to be, you know, I want to feel for them. I want to empathize with them, mostly. Um, I also think the other thing is I just... <laughs> You want to try something new or different. Yeah. I think a lot of movies um, rest on the laurels of other movies, which is great. And I love that. But I also want there to be a different twist to it. I don't want every movie to be the same. Right, right. So I, I guess what makes a good movie to me is something that takes a chance. Something that's entertaining. Um, I think for me, it's like when art and entertainment meet, that's my favorite kind of movie. Like when it's really artistic but also entertaining as fuck. Mm. Um, it's probably one of my favorite things of a movie. Yeah, okay. So I, I, I think entertainment, specifically, like when you're watching a horror movie, you want to be entertained. You want to yeah. be enthralled. You want to know what happens next. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's super, super important for horror. I think that's super, super important <laughs> for a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to piggyback off of what Nick said, I think that's true. Um, for me, I think it's really capturing the ambiance. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the times I just don't feel like the music in incorporation with what's occurring mm -hmm. or just the acting or just in general, like so there's certain things I feel like, you know, almost like they don't read the room properly. Mm -hmm. They don't ca like they focus too much on one thing as opposed to the whole, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, they really want to emphasize that like the storyline, like this relationship between these two characters and they forget a horror film, you know, mm -hmm. or that's something like that, you know, um, it's immersion. I, I want to, I well, number one, I want to be scared. I mm -hmm. feel like a lot of times because now they use, a, like at least recently, mm -hmm. um, I find that a lot of the same tropes are used or you mm -hmm. can kind of like sense when something's going to like mm -hmm. pop up or you or, or, you know, or something's going to happen, mm -hmm. you know? And then it, it kind of takes me away from it because mm -hmm. I'm already prepared for what's happening. So it's kind of, and it's like, I don't know, it's like a lot of demon stories and like different yeah. things. It just like, it's oversaturated, I think. So I think, like you said, when it, it, when they take it outside the box yeah. and they really focus on the world that mm -hmm. they've built, I think that's when something gets done. I think there's also like what you're saying is like, there's a, a wave of different kinds of movies always come out. So I feel yeah. like Insidious is part of like the demon possessed yeah. movies or the demon movies or yeah. the ghost. Well, it's all like, fades, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole um, found footage phase, and then there mm -hmm. was like the possession phase and stuff like that. Yeah, I would also. They're they're like little zeitgeist moments, though. Sometimes when it's just like a bunch of movies all sort of tackle the same. And I think sometimes it's just a zeitgeist. Like this is where we all are collectively. Yeah, and this is reflecting that. It's also but, what sells too. You know. Yeah. No. Totally. Um. I totally agree with you. If but you I'll, see one movie like, oh, this thrive. Let's mm -hmm. do five more. You but know? sometimes what's weird is there'll be a movie. That comes out, and there are three other movies with the same sort of topic. They'll all be different, mm -hmm. but they're all coming at the same time. Same. And it's not it's not because it's based on, like, because it makes more money, because those movies haven't made money in the past. Yeah. So it's really, it's interesting when that happens, when it's just like everybody, for some reason, was making this kind of movie. Mm. Um, and that that's reflective of the times. Like, right. in the 90s, there were, like, a lot of vampire movies. There's, like, Dracula and Interview with a Vampire and they did a lot, a lot of vampire movies all at the same time, and the AIDS was going on at the same time. So it's like there's, you could see how like society reflects, you know, certain things. Yeah. 
Monsters uh, are metaphors. Monsters are metaphors, exactly. Yeah. Um, name the monster, name the metaphor. Godzilla. Nuclear bombs. So there's a lot of like, yeah. you know, they, oh, that's why I love monsters, particularly because they are usually metaphors. Mm. Um, uh, what, are, what are werewolves? They're usually about, a lot of times they're about puberty. They're like, you're, you're getting really hungry, you're getting hairy, you're getting angry. Like, it, it, it's always yeah. like a metaphor for something. Like which a is transformation of some sorts. Yeah. Mm. And in the 50s, there are a lot of giant monster movies. Like, they're so, Godzilla's the big one. But they're like, you know. Um, King Kong. King Kong. Kong. Yeah. Well, King Kong's not 50s. It's 30s. Oh, right. Right. 50s, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of um, alien movies. Mm. Um, which get kind of fun, but also redundant, like you yeah. were saying. Yeah. There's like oversaturation. Whenever there's one movie that's really, really successful, they're like, let's do five, 10, yeah. 25, that's, that's 30. The, I feel like that's the problem I have. I mean, I get it, you know, mm-hmm. systematically, I understand it, but it's just kind of like, here we go. It almost ruins it because then, like, you had a good thing going. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, it's like everything else. I, I, I think, but like, that to me is like, that's the problem to me with superhero movies. It's like they used to be an event. Yeah, and now they're like a commodity. Every three weeks, let's release a new one, and you're like, I'm kind of tired. But that's crazy, right? I mean, we only really have a month break, like not even like mm-hmm. just for Marvel, for example. Not to get really off topic, yeah. but like we have Shang Chi in in September, or right September, August, yeah. one of those, mm-hmm. and now we have Eternals in November, and yeah. then December Spider Man. And then, like, it's just, it's just a train. But remember when you'd have to wait a year for Spider-Man or yeah. two years for Spider-Man 2? Whatever it was. You would have to wait for those. Yeah. And now it's, like, every single month. And you have to release something. You, I mean, through the pandemic. No, you're fine. Through the pandemic as well, too. Like, it was almost like a break because no one could make anything. Yeah. You know? So we it did. It was, like, like, a year and a half before we had a new Marvel project, mm-hmm. you know, which was nice because I felt like, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, they, you get tired of them. Yeah, I was awesome. getting burnout for sure. But yeah. it's funny because it feels like uh, horror movies have that problem a bit more because compared to like the Marvel movies, their budgets are a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, I mean, if you had films like Paranormal Activity and stuff where the budget's like microscopic mm-hmm. compared to your earnings, it's yeah. like you can just crank those out like no problem. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Um, I, I, but the thing is, it's like I, I think horror movies, they're... What's great about them is that they're the, they're the genre that lasts. Mm. Like, what makes money? Horror movies and superhero movies. That's about it. Like, if you really look at it, like, the most successful movies are those kinds of movies. Maybe a Fast and the Furious, a franchise. But that's an yeah. IP that's already established. Yeah. yeah. So, like, originals, horror movies. Through and through. Not all of them are great, and a lot of them are shitty. But if you, if the, like, the aggregate, right, if one out of... Uh, what a hundred of them is great. They make a shit ton of money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, they only made for like Mike said, they're made for a low amount of money. They make for like a million, two million, sometimes $5 million if you're lucky. And I yeah. think they play off that trope. Cause I can't count how many times, like I'll see a trailer for a horror film mm-hmm. and I'll go and be like, this is probably going to be shit, but let's see, let's see for the ride. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes they are, they are mm-hmm. really bad. And then other times like they surprise you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like one, I think it's almost like a game. Like, you know, it's like, all right, we have a 50-50 here. Let's place our bets. There's a general rule with Rotten Tomatoes. Because uh, uh, superhero movies, right, are like so many people go see them and they're so big and all that stuff. Yeah. If if the, the Rotten Tomato score is over, I think, 90 or 95%, go see it. If, for a horror movie, if it's over 
go see it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because there not a lot of people are reviewing those movies as much. And a lot of times horror movies get, always get panned when they get released. It, always. It's Even always sometimes funny. when they're good. It's like, always funny because sometimes you read the comments and it's like, the movie scared me. <laughs> and a negative yeah. review, you're like, but that was the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People are yeah. stupid. So, I mean, you have to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt sometimes. But also critics can like, I've, I've noticed they just like lambast a movie and they go on top, on top, on top, on top. Again. It's like, yeah. And then, like, you're, like, 20 years later, like, you mean they hated Superman? Like, they're just, like, yeah. you hate, like, well, you know. they have agendas. Y- yeah. To a degree, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes if it's not, like, within their political field, like, you know, where it doesn't agree with them, they can mm. roast it. I feel like they do have agendas. So you have to take that kind of, like, into. Plus, like, who are they? You know what I mean? It's, like, yeah. it's all, subject- it's all uh, subjective in the end anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I, I just, I think. There's a tent. Nobody knows anything. I still believe that yeah. like wholeheartedly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nobody no. knows what makes something good or bad no. or whatever. Like the only test of anything is time. Anything. So we got a big list of movies here. And I think it would be a cool idea if we kind of went in a circle and explain why we think these are favorite Halloween movies or Halloween movies that are... Uh, had a impact on the industry or are just uh guilty pleasures. So what makes them worthwhile? Yes. All right. That's or easy. not worthwhile. <laughs> They're not worthwhile. I don't like this shit on movies. That's my least favorite thing to do. Oh, okay. Unless in the privacy of my own home. I like it. Yeah, but not okay. anywhere else. <laughs> not on this podcast. Yeah. Cool. You want to kick it off, Michael? Um, okay. I'll start. Can I call you Miguel? Is that okay? Um, no. Damn it. <laughs> There's already a skeleton named Miguel, so it doesn't work. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, he's a skeleton. Yes. Named Miguel? No, not Miguel. <laughs> no. Explaining the bit. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Let's just get on this. All right. So, first film I have on my list is probably the only one that's actually, like, scared me. Because I have a rule, right, with horror okay. films. Sure. Or like a kind of like a standard. If you watch a horror film, either in a theater or in your own home, and you're able to walk down your hallway in the dark without feeling like something's behind me right now. Yeah. Then it wasn't that scary. Okay. So if, you, if you're not paranoid afterwards. If you're not paranoid much. afterwards, right? Okay. Yeah. So first movie is Juan the Grudge. Ooh. So, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, he's prepared. Whoa. I can hear it in my head. Uh, it's in the room. Uh, <laughs> it's not scary because you're smirking as you're doing it. You're like, I'm so excited I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. So, Juan the Grudge is a Japanese horror film. And then they got like adapted to Americans, but we don't talk about that. It's okay. Sure. <laughs> um, just is that there is a legend that when someone dies of a sort of unfair or painful death, they can reemerge as a juan or a grudge, and they are forever seeking vengeance upon anyone, not just even specific people, just anyone. Okay. So uh, there is a house that is kind of in disarray and 
some caretaker is sent over to take care of whoever's inhabiting left sure. this house. And that's where it kind of starts. What's interesting about Juwan is that there is a main character, but there's not a main character. Where it's kind of like an anthology of like gotcha. six different characters that is not exactly in chronological order. Of mm-hmm. like you're just seeing how they come upon the house. Because mm-hmm. the rule is once you step in the house, the curse gets you. Right? Like regardless of your intentions. Like wow. the minute you come in, it's like you're it's <laughs> you're targeted. <laughs> right? And what's I mean, because it's a film from like 1998, 1999 sort of thing mm-hmm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. So like graphics wise or like effects wise, really Kayako, the ghost, is some lady in makeup. And you can tell it's a lady in makeup. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's the premise, right? But it's the premise first off and just how it builds suspense, Right. And I feel like a lot of Japanese horror films have a very good grasp of how to just like stretch out suspense without yeah. having any really jump scares. There's yeah. I don't think there's any jump scares in that movie. Really? No. Wow. Like everything is just like a blink and you miss it. Sort oh, of thing. Okay. Like there's one part where they're she's in an elevator and she's going past the floors and you can see like a glimpse of a window every time she passes one. And one of them you just see um, the ghost boy. Just standing there, oh. and he, no, there's no addressing it. It's just like you just see him, and then it goes past, oh, and you're like, "Oh shit, it's here." <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff is creepy though, because sometimes like you'll be in the theater, and it's like a scene that's not focusing on on the entity or whatever it is, but yeah. you see it, you know, or you can see like a little glimpse of it, like it's definitely in the background. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh yeah. my god," you know, yeah. like that kind of stuff is what gets me. I'm like, "Oh my goodness," it's just like being super low key in the corner, just yeah. watching you. Well, I mean, what was scary about it? Is that literally nowhere is safe in this movie? Nowhere is. Safe. Oh, okay. Because like you assume like okay, it's the house, right? Mm-hmm. Don't go in the house because it's haunted. But no, once you go in, you're tagged. So like this lady goes all the way across the city back into her apartment mm-hmm. at home, and the grudge follows her <laughs> all the way there. Yeah, they're like tethered. No. Yeah. yeah, and oh my god, okay, like the one scare thing is. I think, like, the lady has a sense something's going wrong. And, like, she's mm-hmm. afraid. So she's, like, huddled underneath the blanket watching TV. And the TV starts skipping sort of thing. And then it starts distorting. And, like, there's a reporter on. And then her face is, like, like distorting. <laughs> and she freaks out. And the TV turns off. And she, like, hides under the covers. And you see the end of the bed rise up slowly coming towards her. And she lifts it up. And the grudge is underneath. <laughs> it just drags her. <laughs> And she disappears. That's amazing. And I was just like, oh, great. The safest place for any person watching a horror film, your bed, no longer safe. All right. Perfect. (laughs) And that's because there's also one scare where I guess the main girl is trying to sleep and she wakes up in the middle of the night. The boy, Toshiro, is at the end of the bed and she glances up and Kakyo is just standing over her like... And I'm just like, and then, so I go to bed and I'm like, okay, what's the chance she's going to be right above me? What was, <laughs> yeah. And what's, why, like you kind of brought this up earlier of like, you like horror films that have a story and like a thread, you know, and there is 
a actual like story connecting the whole thing together other than just everyone's going to this house. And there is like a lore to how Kayako became this way. And it's sad. Like, honestly, it's actually a really <laughs> sad story. And it doesn't like take away from the horror because like just because sympathetic it's like no she's she's gonna kill you like, the <laughs> best monsters are sad monsters yeah. this is my opinion like they all have a sap story and yeah. they're amazing usually like frankenstein fucking amazing sap story yeah right you know it's yeah. like they weren't always a monster type thing yeah right? and yeah. you were talking about before that whole idea of like things popping up in the frame for like a split second um this is sort of related. In The Sopranos, there's an episode. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Sopranos, it's been 20 years, so actually <laughs> Any, no spoilers. spoilers anyway, past, yeah. so yeah. there's a scene where Tony kills um, one of his best friends. Um, <gasps> Pussy. This is his name. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Sopranos, his name is Pussy. Okay. Um, so, it happened like three seasons before. I think in the fourth season, there's a scene where he's talking to his friends, and he opens the door, and for a split second in the mirror, he sees Pussy. And you're like, ah, but for a second. And then you're like, oh, this guy's haunted by this thing he did for his entire, like, it was, and to do that, like, 24 shows later <laughs> is impactful. Yeah. Like, it really yeah. hits you. It's like, wow, this really yeah. stuck with this character, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like payoffs, you know, or things of that nature. Yeah. It's a little moment, too. I had a horrible joke. I'm not going to say it, though. <laughs> pussy joke? No, I was going to be like, now you know how the gays feel, right? <laughs> Why they're haunted by pussy? Okay. I'm not I'm, I, don't, I don't know what you're... Uh, <laughs> the King Crimson. <laughs> if you uh, have to, yeah, if you have to explain it, though. <laughs> no, we're, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wrap up and say, um, there's there's the American version, right? Mm -hmm. And while Sarah Michelle Gellar, right? Yeah. Uh, white people were in here for some reason now. Uh, in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and while I feel like one, the effects are better and like some of the scares are kind of more, woo, you know? Yeah. Uh, it just is missing mm -hmm. the suspense that was in the first one. Cause like, it's like, there's very little scoring other than maybe some piano here and there. And like, you just have silent scenes of, like, a guy watching security footage, and you see, you see like, Kayako's head, like, creep up, and you're like, mm, go, get out of there, run, run, run. Yeah. Sort of thing. And then, of course, there was the, the 2021, which we're not going to talk about, because I was like, you well, you really just missed the point. You just, there is a point. I forgot they made a new grudge. I know. Really it, was, it was fucking stupid. Sam Raimi produced it. I remember when it came I know. out. I didn't. <laughs> bother seeing it but in the grudge right yeah i don't think i've seen the original um but in the original is there the scene where like she's in yeah you know, the, ha the, the hand yeah that freaked me out That's even creepy. in the remake yeah that freaked me out i, was like, I mean what if you just found a hand in your hair like what the yeah. hell i it's it's grudge is scary like the idea the premise of it is is extremely scary like it's almost like you're doomed you know, from the minute you step in. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, wow. Like, what if that was, I guess, like, whenever I, I look at a scary, like, a horror film, rather, um, the thing that gets me the most is, like, wow, like, what if that actually happened? You know, like, yeah. then I'm like, all right, well, then I could put myself in their shoes more and be like, damn. Mm -hmm. you it's know? funny even later, because I think, like, in Grudge 3 or something, the house gets torn down. Mm -hmm. I guess burned, doesn't it? Like, like doesn't it get burned? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And it's like, 
you would think, oh, now the curse is finally broken. And it's yeah. like, nope, she's just free to wander anywhere now. <laughs> you don't have to step in the house anymore. She's but that's, like, that's the thing, though. There's like no solution to it. It's just stay away from it in the first place. Really? You know? yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's just like, I mean, but how would you know at the same time? And it's like, you know. I feel like the grudge almost gets like a, you get to like a Halloween slash Jason mm-hmm. thing of like, the first one, yeah, was a suspenseful and scary, but now you're kind of just like, watching Kayako and you're like yeah. how are you going to kill this person what are you going to do to scare them now yeah. <laughs> like, that's I, the type of thing yeah. though right that's what happens with franchises over time I always feel like it's a compound to be like I hate to say it but like it can follow you everywhere like you just established the rules like you could stay <laughs> in the house and now it's like no it follows you anywhere and you're like okay like she's kind of OP she's a little bit OP yeah and I, I just don't like I'm not trying to shit on your movie no, or anything great. by any means but the whole idea of, like, give the character a good reason to go back into the house. Like, that's what writing is. Like, well, that's what writing a good yeah. horror scream. Like, give them a good reason to go back to the house, whether it's haunted, whatever. Well, you give kind them of, a good reason. Again, like, because this is like an anthology thing, you have different people. Like, some people yeah. will just accidentally go in and then they leave and accidentally <laughs> killed. And then you have, like, one who's, like, a detective who's kind of, like, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he goes back and tries to burn the house down stuff. And you know, it doesn't, but like, <laughs> that, that was creepy. That was, um, cause he goes upstairs and it's like, almost like a room is playing a flashback of some girls playing in the room. And then you hear them all screaming cause the grudge comes and then the room goes quiet and you hear the, <laughs> of her crawling on the floor coming yeah. towards him. You're like, no, uh, but yeah, I, I, I always like the grudge. This channel track is really pretty. And again, that, that noise gets me. Yeah. It's definitely like, I, I stayed away from it for a long time. The grudge. Cause it did. The trailer scared me. I was like, bro, <laughs> 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 with the, oh, like, I was just like, Oh my God, I could hear that in my, in my nightmares. It just sends chills up your spine. And it's yeah. also just the way they move. You know, they're all very like stagnant. Oh, the so. Japanese ghosts. Just... Yeah. Yeah. So that's the type of thing. Um, Nick, how about you choose a movie? Okay, um, since we're talking about ghosts, I'll go with The Changeling. Right. Um, the Changeling um, is one of my favorite movies. It's a lesser-known horror movie um, starring George C. Scott. It's about this dude. He's a man, actually. He's probably in his late 50s, early 60s. Um, uh, and he has a wife, and he has a kid. And in the first five minutes of the movie, <laughs> they're run over by... Uh, uh, a four by four or whatever. What, is it? what are those cards? Not four by four. <laughs> a block of wood. A block just of wood. wood. Smashed across. <laughs> no. Um. Uh. A. A. a track. What? Did, not it tractor trailer. What are they called? The big trucks. A Mack truck. They're run over by a Mack truck. So that's wow. the opening of the movie. Okay. 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 So he's this famous composer in New York, and he decides he's going to move away. He's going to move upstate. This reminds him too much of his life. Sure. Um. So he moves into this big house upstate uh, and um, he starts to teach in his spare time and he's composing. So in his house, he's composing music and he's at the piano and he's recording it with um, reel to reel mm. and he listens to the playback and he hears something and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it becomes this amazing sort of a ghost story, a mystery story. It's really creepy, um, has a great story and a great ending. Um, I, it, 
without ruining it, um, there's a ghost of a little kid living in the house, and the little kid is angry. Um, okay. And it has probably the best seance scene in any movie I've seen. It, like, brings chills down my spine every time I watch it. Um, it's it's really well acted. It's really... Really? It's Willy. It's really <laughs> well directed. Um, and it's it's by this guy named Peter Medak, who made a few movies. But this is, to me, his, like, magnum opus. This is my favorite one of his movies. Mm. And it's really eerie there's a music box which gets really eerie oh music boxes uh, music boxes are always yeah. eerie especially in this movie though it's just like and the tagline right there it says how did you die joseph did you die in this house why do you remain it's so it's the the words of the spiritualist that comes in there mm. it's just creepy and i love it um it's got a good story too and it, it really you know, the score is great. It has unbelievable score. I didn't, you showed me the score before. Yeah, it's really creepy. And it's really underrated. Not a lot of people... Everyone thinks of Changeling, the Angelina Jolie movie. But the Changeling, this movie, far superior. Mm. You don't have to deal with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> um, but uh, I... it's To me, it's probably one of my favorite horror movies. It's a ghost story. Um, and... <sighs> George C. Scott, right, the actor in this movie, always played tough guys, like really angry. He played General Patton in a movie, okay? So he's really tough. And when he's scared, you're scared. Yeah, it's like if this yeah. guy is like, this guy's frightened, then that means I should definitely be exactly. frightened. Yeah. So I, I love this movie for multiple reasons. It's one of Martin Scorsese's favorite horror movies, um, which I found out. Before, after I watched it. So I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. I got like a little, you know, fist bump on Martin Scorsese. Great. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I highly recommend it to anybody who is looking for something that they haven't seen that's sort of spooky. Um, this will definitely fulfill that. All right. That's awesome. Um, I guess for me, the first one I'll choose is speaking of ghosts. We'll, uh, I'll talk about the conjuring. Mm. Or the conjurings, rather. Um so basically, they are, just to put it very simply, uh, they are some of the history of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are uh, Connecticut-born um, ghost hunters. Or half their book, The yeah. Haunted, which is based on The Conjuring. Right? I met her once. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah, I went to one of her conferences. She was, like, obviously older. Um, she was at Shelton High School or something. So we got to take a picture, and, like, I got to talk to her for a few minutes. And then they, yeah. sh they showed, like... Um, an actual uh, video of one of their exorc exorcisms. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. <laughs> yeah, like, just not to get off topic, but I think it's cool. Um, yeah. So they showed this video of some guy, there, and they were talking to the demon in him, and they're like, what is, like, what is your name? Like, like, what is your purpose or something, right? And they kept harassing it, right? And the guy was, like, blinking and moving around, and then out of nowhere, he just stops moving, stands strictly, like, forward, does not blink for three minutes and starts tearing blood. Mm. It was insane. Sounds fun. It was insane to watch. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. So like when I have that, I now that I have like that background, you know, like mm -hmm. and what they did or like, you know, or what they saw, mm -hmm. like watching those movies to me now, it's like adds an extra layer to it. Cause I'm yeah. like, wow, they really experienced. I mean, obviously it's, it's a little, maybe, maybe uh, dramatized for, you know, for movies appeal, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. But I'll never forget, like, this scene in The Conjuring 2 um, was about this little girl who was being possessed and in England. 
and mm-hmm. they couldn't figure out what was going on with her. The whole house, things were moving and lifting. People were getting hurt, you know, things like that. And um, Ed and Lorraine Warren come into the picture. And before they get there, uh, there's this part where Lorraine is walking through and she sees in her hallway that there's this tall, giant nun looking entity that just looks, you know, like, whoa, you're creepy. And it just slowly walks into Ed's office, right? Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, if I saw that in my house, you could have my house, man. <laughs> I'll give you the lease. You want to sign it? <laughs> it's just like immediately. Uh, yeah. But like just going towards that and realizing like that demon beast was like portraying. I don't want to spoil anything, but basically it, uh, yeah. people have seen it, right? Like you, this is the Conjuring, which one? This is the Conjuring 2 I'm talking okay. about more than yeah. anything. Um, it's, it's just like you find out like she's being possessed by this demon, but this demon also has like has uh, the ability to be kind of on its own at the same time which is kind of scary because mm-hmm. it's like you it's almost like a jack of all trades mm-hmm. like you can possess people but it can also like manually move on its own and do different things at the same time and it was like impersonating another person <laughs> oh so God. like there's this famous recording that they have that you can actually listen to the real thing where yeah. the girl's sitting in this chair and she's like my name is bill wilkins and i'm 88 years old Right, yeah, and she's like eight years old, and she sounds like this old eighty-year-old man. Mm-hmm. You can hear that recording; it's legit. No oh, man, and um, you find out that that was the demon the whole time mm-hmm. impersonating this, like this spirit, and you just see like this thing is really strong, <laughs> like you mm-hmm. know. Overall, I saw the the conjuring too. I like the first half a lot. Yeah, I thought the second half got kind of goofy. It, it can, yeah. it can. I think like it, it's just for me like the fact that those things like it, it, it was crazy is was and like the power that it, that it lingers afterwards because mm-hmm. these are based off real events right and do you believe on that kind of stuff yeah I kind of do to a degree just because like I mean you, I saw the video mm-hmm. you know I've heard the recordings and what's even crazier is that she died in that same chair mm-hmm. like mm. she passed away in the same chair where like she was being possessed in you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's just interesting. Like, you yeah. know, like, with well, the implications af- thereafter, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I, I'm, I can't say that I'm, like, the biggest religious guy in the world, but mm-hmm. I do probably believe in, like, the supernatural things to a slight degree. I don't really believe in spirits, like, I guess mm-hmm. ghosts of humans. But you believe in demons? Yeah, I think there's, like, other things. But I, don't, I think, like, for us, like, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, like, just a pipe dream that people tell ourselves. Yeah. As like a method, you know, because people are afraid to die, you mm-hmm. know, and things like that. So that's like one of those coping things, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Um, but to a degree, yeah, I think there could be things like that out there. I'm kind of one of those people who are like, if it's the, if it's unexplainable, maybe we can't know about it. But I bet you there might be an explanation. The thing is like, it's more like for me, probability. Uh huh. So it's like, there's a chance. You know, because there's always a chance for something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, I don't necessarily have to understand it. And Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily 100% believe it. Mm -hmm. But I'm open to the idea of that being a thing. I'm totally open to the idea of it. I just, I I, I probably, I like, if if we're talking scientifically, I don't know if it's... Usually it's asbestos. What? Usually it's asbestos. Asbestos? asbestos. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually the cost... <laughs> oh my god! It's just the people kind of going crazy. I'm an 80-year-old <laughs> oh <my God>. child. <laughs> <of> <laughs> 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 
asbestos <laughs> poison. Like, uh, get the asbestos well, out, I mean, please. at least, like, for those things, I'm not sure yeah. about you. Like, when you have people, like, seeing spirits or having mm-hmm. weird hallucinations in the house, that's usually asbestos. Yeah. Well, you just, like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I guess I, I equated to, like, at least there's more evidence of it than than there is, like, aliens, for example, right? Like, like for example, like, like uh-huh. real quick, real quick, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're talking about, like, the UFO stuff, like, yeah. with the government, like, that's already been disproven, and that's not probably true. Like, you know, there's, like, it's there's different, like, for example, the mm-hmm. thing in the ocean that was moving at super speed, right? And mm-hmm. they're like, how can someone do that? But really, mm-hmm. it's not moving at super speed. It's just the camera is locked mm-hmm. on that object, and the jet yeah. is going mock whatever. No, you I know, know what I mean? So that kind of stuff. Or you hear, like, hearsay of people saying, I was adopted by aliens. And, like, you know what I mean? But then you so hear some dumb white it's guy. Some stupid shit, right? But then with this, like, <laughs> uh, you'll see that video that, that they showed. Or you'll hear the recording of her. And, like, how does a 10-year-old sound like this? You know, like, things like that where it's, like, there's different things. Yeah. Where it's not concrete evidence yeah. by any means, but it's like, hmm, you know, like that type of thing to give me pause overall. Yeah. It's pretty sus. Sometimes to so me, sus. though, it's like, what if they're just psychotic? Like a lot or of had time, asbestos. Yeah, yeah, asbestos. <laughs> no, that that's definitely or a possibility. Poison, as like, well. yeah, like I, my whole thing with that is like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, I just don't like people taking advantage of other people oh, and, yeah. and I mean, doing that, like ghost hunters or well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm like, just like, I don't. Chris, I, don't know. I, I feel something that. warm going down my leg. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> stop peeing. But that's what I think. Like, you can tell the difference between something that's just for profit versus mm-hmm. something that might be genuine. Like, at least in thought. Like, mm-hmm. if you have, yeah, if you have like an AMC show about, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to these haunted, abandoned buildings, and I'm like, what was that? I'm like, bro, shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know if you hear like, I don't know, some story or you see the the, the Warrens who mm-hmm. are so infamous, you know, you can kind of tell like it wasn't just publicity for them. Like they, they plus they're like Christian. So of course they believe in that, you know, so mm-hmm. you see like their convictions are going back to the movie. Yeah, sorry. sorry, we got a little derailed there. Sorry, yeah. it's all good. No, that was fun. That I, was it was my fault. Like, Let's go down this. That, route. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, so you're good. Going to the movie, I haven't really seen the Connor Dring, so I only know based off like found flicks and yeah. stuff. I uh, like the first one a lot. I just I like. I have to rewatch the first one. I don't recall it as well. Uh huh. Yeah. All I remember, all I like know of really is the demon in the first one. Yeah, and I'm like, that's Darth Maul. No, no that's you're, insidious. You're insidious. Am I thinking the wrong movie? You're thinking the wrong movie. I was literally it talking to... more than you think, I think, that the James Red Monster did yeah. both movies. Yeah. I was talking to Nick about this before we started the podcast, and I was like, all these movies feel like it's congealed into one haze of, like, <laughs> possession movie, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. uh, in, in some vague word for bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because The Conjuring had so many spin-offs. Like yeah. they did the Conjuring, and Annabelle then they did Annabelle, series. and yes. then they did La Llorona, and then they they just did That's another Conjuring. Yeah, yep. yeah, oh it's a God. really bad one. Oh, it I know, is. I heard that. It is it's a so really bad. bad. You know, the nun from the second one actually it's, ended up in her own movie. The yeah, nun, which is, is also the, nun had her own movie, which is also which really is also bad. But the con- the first Conjuring, honestly, I saw it in a theater. I think I saw it with my dad. We were like frightened. We were like, oh, 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 yeah. Like it really no, it, like the, me the clap scene. Yeah, oh, the yeah. clap scene. I remember that from the trailer. Yeah. That was pretty good. It's yeah. a, it's really good, but it is a really like. Why are they playing that game? Like the whole time, I'm thinking like, can't you play another game? Why do you? Well, play if you this think too, game? if you if think you too hard, <laughs> like yeah, if you think yeah. too hard, what if you just gave them a gun? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. You start thinking you like can't shoot a ghost, Mike. You can't shoot a ghost. Danny Phantom will like a word of you. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Phantom is animated. This is real. 
this is a Oh yeah, this is real life. You've, duh. <laughs> oh, you know what movie came out that was horror that was interesting? Um not not to get sidetracked again, but there was this, no, there, I forget the name of it now. You have to forgive me on that one. But there was um this movie that came out recently was about this woman who was possessed by um this evil entity, mm-hmm. but they were masking themselves as Mary of of uh the mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she was, I think you probably know then, if I heard by the gasp. But um, she was, like, performing miracles and, like, doing ritual things. But in reality, when they were performing the miracles, they were, like, it was, like, a, a down payment on their soul, pretty much. So it's kind of interesting. Like, it was kind of, I think, um, trying to make a comparison as to if this were to happen, like, today. Mm-hmm. Like, what would people think? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and that yeah. type of thing. And it was very interesting because some, some parts were very scary. Yeah. You know, honestly, because it's just like one of those things like, whoa, like, that's not Mary, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Overall. Yeah. And the way they they went about it was very well done. I think it was an interesting film. I'll, I'll try it. Like, maybe at the end of the podcast, I can try to find it or something. It but, sounds interesting. Oh, yeah. It was definitely like outside. Like, you know, for doing one of those type of films, you know, it was yeah. definitely outside the realm of what like I expected. I guess. Yeah, totally. I like possession movies just as much as other. I just they, I feel like, like we said, it like they do too many, mm-hmm. and they're all connected, mm-hmm. and that ruins it. Like yeah. honestly, it ruins the story because you need to yeah. have that scene with that other pastor from yeah. the other movie. That's the thing. Like, you and you're to... like, why? We just could. Well, just also, do this. too, it was like the plots all sound start becoming the same. The it's same like, thing. It's, it's like all right, movie. the woman is. Let's look at the list. Uh, had a stillbirth. And then it turned into a demon possession. It's not, it's not not necessarily wrong, I guess, in that regard. But I agree with you. I think they sacrifice good art for the sake of continuity sometimes. Yeah. Right? You know, it's not a comic book. It's it's yeah. a horror movie. But that's the thing that's like with like superhero movies have now set the standard for what like everyone needs a universe now. Did you see the universal attempt? The Mummy. <gasps> oh my God! Yes. I have not seen the, <laughs> the new one. The no. worst piece, and, and like you could tell, it's a bunch of people trying to figure it out. Like, how can we make the Mummy into this action black blockbuster? And you're like, how can we make the Universal the Universal monsters aren't action set pieces. They are monsters. They are horror movies. Yeah. Why don't you watch the old horror movies and see what made them tick? And that's why The Invisible Man worked was because it was they movie. made a horror movie. Now, and then you can think about making them meet each other like they did in the 40s and the 50s. So what's crazy is that like I'm learning so much because I didn't even know The Invisible Man was like a remake of mm-hmm. any sort or like a rendition of something. Yeah. Like I went into So me and my girlfriend had, um, we had kind of like a, uh, like a homage that every time we go to movies like we get like box wine because we yeah. know it's gonna be stupid most of the time so we, we she wanted to see it and i wasn't that interested because i thought it looked dumb from the trailers yeah but then i watched it and i realized how good it was and i'm like wow that was such a surprise like i really did enjoy that film because it was kind of scary like yeah you know what i mean overall scary. so that was yeah. like it was really well done so that's interesting to know that they it was a, like kind of like a, a remake or so a rendition go ahead going back to the mummy real quickly yeah you want to know a funny thing sure so uh I think this was for feeder releases. I'm not too sure. So the trailer for The Mummy, for some reason, half the audio stems disappeared. No oh, way. Yeah, no way. So it's literally uh, the one part where, was it Tom Cruise? Was Tom who? Cruise is in an airplane. Yeah. Right? yeah. And he's falling out and there's no music. I figure, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it's, 
embarrassing. How do you fuck that up? What the hell? Someone didn't select yeah. all the tracks and bounce. Bruh, how does no one catch that? As a general rule, I don't leave movies in respect for the people who made them. That's just like my thing. You know yeah. what? I'm sorry. I don't leave movies. Oh, like, like walk out. if it's yeah, if it's oh, really yeah. bad, I don't. I think I've done it like once in my life. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't. Really that was like that. the one or I, that's like the first time I left a movie. Really? Yeah. I was like f- 30, 40 minutes in. I was like, this is really bad, and it's really making me mad because I love those Universal monsters, yeah. and you're doing them a disservice by putting the shoehorning them all in like it's fucking Suicide Squad, which is also a terrible movie. Not the new one, but <laughs> no, the, the new the, one was very good. New one was fun, but this one was like meh, and 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 I was just like. Why why ruin something that's like why taint chocolate milk with I don't know a like yeah a dookie <laughs> or just like it's like it's like putting what orange juice in chocolate milk yeah. like yeah. they don't they go don't together yeah. and you're you're making like make it would be so much easier for you to just revamp all your universal horror like Marvel did they just made Iron Man and then they added a little scene at the end that might have connected them that's what they did and you start small and you go big. Yeah. You don't go well, big. They, start, they started small. with Hulk first. Yeah, they did Hulk first. They did Hulk but first. Iron Man was like the big yeah. one. But Robert Downey used a post credit scene in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it so connects to it. It connects really to cool. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what's bad when the mummy with Brandon Fraser is scarier than your remake. Yeah, I kind of agree. You know, Those beetles are terrifying. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the mummy—that's it's basically uh, Indiana Jones with a mummy in it. That's pretty all much. it is. Yeah, yeah. It, much. And it's a fun movie. I, I, I don't give it. Uh, I don't hate it at all. No, no. But it's, good. it's not. And also, I'm not. I think it's. Better, I don't like the original mummy as much. Like I like Bride of Frankenstein. I like Frankenstein. I like the Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. Dracula, not so much. Visible Man is actually a good movie. Mm. Old one. Um. So yeah, no, it's it's. <sighs> I just disheartening when you try to make something a franchise and like a superhero franchise when it's not. Just yeah. Stop. Yeah. Please. Please, Universal. Know what you have and take care of it. This is your fucking legacy. Yeah. It's like, stop. Get some don't, help. Don't, you know, <laughs> get some help. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's like that's, they're driven by money and they see that these movies, superhero movies, make money. So they want, yeah. they want to, I mean, like, obviously, like, there's bound, like, there's limits, right? Like, to what they can do. But that's why it comes out shit because they're trying. To really hit the fine line between, oh, this is just like one of those, and this is still the mummy, you know? It's like very like, okay, we're on the edge, for sure. Yeah, it's it's also, it's not a action movie, it's a horror movie. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, I know you want to make that kind of money, and maybe you will. They made money with Invisible Man when it came out, until COVID happened, but they made money. Yeah. So it was like, you can make that money... On a regular horror movie, there's an audience for it. Just make more of them if you if you want to if you want to combat. You know, what I mean, I'm not really condoning that, but I'm saying at least that's a better alternative. Make better horror films and just have more of them. And there are plenty of people who can make that movie well. Like mm. there are plenty of people who love those movies. I'm one of them. Like you can make that good. You know, just update it, change it a little bit. Not to break the flow. What movie were we talking about originally? I'm talking about. Oh, we were talking about the Conjuring. Yeah, Conjuring. I was like, and then that led to the Mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just about, do you want to go and pick one from your list again, Mike? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Um, let's go to I guess a guilty pleasure. I know it's not a great movie, but I kind of like it anyway. Silent, Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think there's any such thing as a guilty pleasure. I hate when people say it. No offense. 
Well, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> because then you're like, oh, all these movies are trash. And I think there are aspects of any movie where you can be like, that was actually really interesting or cool. Like, there are so many things that go into making a movie that people are just like, yeah. You know, like. Yeah. I, I, I also. Th- I, but continue. I'm sorry. Okay, it's fine. That's my digression. Um, I mean, last episode, I went into depth on Silent Hill 2 and why it was like, oh, it's the best game ever. Like, it's great. Um, and what Silent Hill, the movie does is like, what if we took the first three games and kind of just like mush the plots of those into one movie? Does that work? Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. And then it was like kind of ish like i mean i remember it looked kind of cool it kind of reminded me of Res- what, the resident evil movies like what that. they got right were the monster designs because first off majority of it is all practical which what? is always cool there is like other than like the weird human cockroach things yeah like everything is practical like there's these guys I think they're smokers or whatever they're called where it's like they have no arms and they kind of like waddle and it's like a <laughs> fleshy shoots shit at you. And then Pyramid Head itself, like they did a redesign for the helmet, which was really, really rad. And like he was a scary presence in that movie, mm-hmm. even though like us fans were just like, that's hey, Pyramid Head. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> the memes of that age. but I remember the ash being creepy. I remember the other moments in that movie that were pretty creepy. Oh, the, the nurses were ter- were creepy because like yeah, they moved in like light was the gimmick for the movie yeah, where like if you don't have the light on them they like <laughs> yeah, movie towards you and you're like mm, you need to stop. But that's the thing, right? Like maybe the plot's not the best because they've rushed three games into one movie or whatever. But you can appreciate like the set design and and like costume design and all oh that yeah. stuff, you know. That, that I mean, can make it visually. Good. It's a really pretty movie. Yeah, that's they the nailed thing. the visual, the, the tone yeah. of Silent yeah. Hill. No, no, they totally did, and it's not a. I don't. I don't think it's a terrible movie. Like no. it's not really terrible no, at all. I don't it's think it just, is. just. It feels like disjointed. I guess is yeah. the word, right? It's okay. Also, like yeah. when you have already a pre pre established base, there's always going to be a pre established bias as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if like they don't nail something that you really like, oh fuck this movie, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> no, that definitely. type of thing, you know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing with comic movies. Yeah, know, no, totally. Like that, it's so. like if they didn't do what I want, I mean, them, I understand yeah. like because I think mostly they took from the plot of the first game, which was like Sound Hill cult sort of thing. Yeah. Where, like, I was telling last week where Silent Hill 2 didn't have anything to do with the cult, and that was probably the best story, because it was just about people yeah. and guilt yeah. and stuff. So I was like, okay, you know, cult, and then there's a little girl ghost, and all right. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> all right, sure. And then Pyramid Head just rips the skin off some lady. Okay. Okay. That was, yeah, they, they got the, I, I don't know if it's Ray R. It not. is rated R. It is rated it R? It is rated R. Okay, because I was like. Very much. I mean, I would assume so, if they're ripping skin off. Yeah, yeah it was like. Rip clothes off and then just pull it yeah. like, yeah. all right, Pyramid Head, you got your killing. Good. Um, and it's okay. The second one was garbage. Oh, my God. Like, Revelations was just dog shit. <laughs> Even from video game movie stands, it was like, why, why is Pyramid the good guy now? <laughs> <laughs> He's the MC all along. Yeah, he just... <laughs> You like there's a final boss lady, yeah. I guess, and she's like, ah, I got blades and stuff, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, man? You're supposed to be the punishment embodiment, like, what? 
Yeah, I don't know. At least with the first one, it felt like they tried. Like it, yeah. it doesn't feel like they were shoehorning anything in. It felt like they wanted to do a service to the game. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I, th- I thought it was an interesting movie. Yes. Like, for, and if you really like, like if you like it, you probably grew up on it. You probably love it. You know. Love is a strong word. <laughs> well, you love Silent Hill. I love Silent Hill, the franchise. Okay, so there's a place in your heart for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, That's you are okay. it. You can appreciate it. <laughs> I yeah. can appreciate it. As it depreciates. Okay, who's next? Uh, you, my I'm next. Okay. Um, what should I talk about? Um, okay, so I'm, because we're talking about guilty pleasures, and I don't necessarily think things are guilty pleasures, but you would think this is a guilty pleasure, because I love Psycho 2. Psycho, has anyone seen Psycho? I haven't. Okay. So Psycho is a classic film, like cinema. Like, it was the first movie to ever kill off your main character 30 minutes in. Okay. The first movie. So when it happened in the theater, everyone freaked the fuck out. Like, it was insane. The pandemonium. People were freaking out. This was about an actual person. It wasn't like a Godzilla kind of a monster. This monster was a real person. He was a psychopath, and he was going to kill people, right? So, Psycho 1 is about this guy, Norman Bates. He has this delusion of his mother who is actually dead, but he believes that she's alive, and he believes that his mother's telling him to kill people, Okay, right? So... By the end of Psycho, he's sent to a mental institution for the rest of his life. So Psycho 2 takes place, I think, 22 years later. Um, Yeah. And Anthony Perkins plays uh, Norman Bates. And he's fucking fantastic. Um, If you ever get to see Psycho 1 and Psycho 2, I highly recommend it. And I really... Psycho 2 was panned when it came out. And it was because it was trying to make a sequel to a classic piece of cinema. Yeah. You want to try to make a sequel to a Hitchcock movie? Fuck you. Everybody was fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Um, it stands the test of time. It is a really good follow-up. And it's about a guy who comes out of a mental institution who knows he's delusional and trying to come to terms with that. Time Trying to come to grip with that. And... What happens is he meets this waitress who sort of, you know, ends up trying to stay at the motel with him. And then you're like, why does she want to stay at the motel with him? And you realize that her mother is the sister of the person he killed 22 years ago, 23 years ago. And she wants him back in an institution. Oh, okay. So it becomes about this guy who's done his time, who's tried to recuperate from his mental illness. and And people are trying to fool him into his delusion. So people are trying to say, tell him that his mother, basically slipping him notes saying, mother knows you're here or stuff like that. And he's trying to come to terms with it. Am I imagining this? Or is this really happening? Or is this really happening? So, <laughs> but basically, um, it's really about, it's really a sad story about this dude who has like mental illness and he's trying to figure out like, am I delusional or am I not? And he in particular um, starts seeing mother again and it gets worse from there and it to me it has one of the best third acts it's so satisfying by the end of the movie you're like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen what's gonna happen what's gonna happen who's the killer basically yeah it's by the end of the movie Mm because you're like who because people are dying and we don't know if it's norman or not okay so um it's i think it's an incredible movie i think it's a really fun movie it takes hitchcock's movie and updates it 
and makes it more palatable, I think, for a modern audience. I also think it's more entertaining than the first Psycho. Because um, the first Psycho is really impactful. And there's, the greatest part of Psycho, to me, is is after he kills... You ever hear... Ba, 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 yeah. Shower, shower, yeah. That's from Psycho. You, yeah, okay. okay. So a- after that scene is my favorite sequence of the movie, and that's what he's trying to get rid of the body. Um that relates to Psycho 2 and that like the Psycho 2 just in general, like the first half of it kind of takes its time. But by the second half, it's I don't it's just so good. Who's, and you're like watching and watching to catch up with what happens. Like, yeah. Who, who's the killer? Right. Like yeah. I love movies that keep the question open till the end. So you're trying to figure out who in this, you know, you're the detective vicinity. of the film, you know, like, yeah, it, unless exactly. it allows you to be so it doesn't really like tell you everything. Yeah. And it involves you. Well, it does, yeah. by the end, you, I mean, I mean sure. But like, just yeah. like during the process of it, you, you can, you have that freedom to, to wander mm-hmm. and, and to like critically think and, and things like that. And there are surprises along the way. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's like my favorite thing. Twist. In a, a good twist. Not just shitty shoehorn twist. Yeah, like, like good twists that make sense and are logical to the premise of the movie. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you were first talking about this. First off, I didn't even know there was a sequel. To no Psycho. I was just like, there's a Psycho 2? What? <laughs> yeah. And furthermore, you're like, I like it more than the original. I was like, what? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's also... Uh, I hate to say this, but it's like Quentin Tarantino thinks the same thing. And I, I'm like sort of proud of that. Like, I'm just like, I found it. And then I found out he liked it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's a good movie. It's a really fun, good movie. It's that, like an affirmation of your taste, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> like, damn, I love this movie. And he loves it too. I'm not the only fucking one. Um, you, you, you specifying the premise of Psycho 1 mm-hmm. almost reminds me a lot of the new Joker yeah interesting yeah it seems like kind of inspired like you have a mentally ill person who is kind of at the whimsical of his mother yeah no you know totally I mean? yeah they're definitely and he find you know he ends yeah. up finding out that she's insane and yeah. he's insane and he kind of comes to turn and he starts murdering people and yeah, starts yeah. doing that stuff and he ends up in a mental institution at the end of it yeah granted, a, <laughs> yeah sorry you know no, you're, no, you're fine i was gonna say granted he, he is, tries to escape at the end you know as probably versus this but that's yeah. in joker fashion but you can see the inspiration yeah joker's totally a psycho yeah and tony is sort of his performance like so he got famous really famous when psycho came out and then he did a bunch of movies and they really didn't hit and then this was like sort of a low point in his career and i was like when i saw this movie i was like he should have got the fucking oscar I was like, it's that, uh, to me, that kind of performance he did. Yeah. Because in the first one, he's the bad guy. And in this one, he's, like, sensitive. And he's yeah. the good, like, you feel bad for him. You feel bad for him and his, Ill- like, that's just such a 180 turn that he pulls off. Where you're development. Like, yeah. <laughs> Character Damn development. It. I fucking love it. Um, I highly recommend if you ever get, I think it's on Peacock for free. But, oh, like, yeah. it's, it's, it just has all the twists and turns. It's yeah. exciting. I don't know. Mm. I love that movie. Dope, dope, dope. Um, not to skip your turn, no, but you I feel like this would, off, I feel like this would have been a good segue of talking about sequels to movies where are surprisingly good. Yeah. So let's talk about The Shining and Doctor Sleep. Oh, Doctor Sleep is so I love The Shining, right? I love the book a little bit more than the movie. Tell us a little bit about The Shining for the people okay. who don't. So know. So The Shining was a movie made by Stephen. Uh, Stephen, no, Stanley Kubrick. Um, I think it's 1981, 1980, something like that. 
Um, and he, the whole premise of it is there, there's this family, um, the, the father's sort of like an alcoholic and he has his son and his, his wife with him. And they're going to be caretakers of this hotel for a few months okay. as snow's coming into Colorado. So it's, I think it's called the Stanley hotel. No, the overlook, the real one's called the Stanley, yeah, but it's overlook. called the overlook hotel. Um, so basically they, 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 they live there and they start getting a uh, Jack specifically starts getting cabin fever and he starts wanting to, he's seeing things and he starts wanting to kill his wife and his kid. Um, there are there, and it's an iconic movie. There's a scene. Every, a lot of people know it. It's like, he's yeah. like bursting through the doors. Like here's Johnny or, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's the scene, yeah. you know, with the twins that go come play with us. Right. So they made, so what happened was Stephen King, who wrote the book, hates that movie. Okay. And the reason why he hates that movie is because it's not his book. Okay. It's, it's, it's a totally, it's different. It's sort of divorced from the character of this character of Jack Torrance in the movie is completely different than the character of Jack Torrance in the book. Okay. Yeah. Because Jack Torrance is crazy from frame one in the movie. In the book, it's a development. It's okay. like he's struggling with his alcohol addiction and he loves his son and it slowly takes him over. And there's there's even proof of it in the movie um, that there's like this weird subtextual scene where in the movie, I think he's driving a yellow bug, right? A car, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a Volkswagen a bug. Sure. And in the book he's driving a red one so or it was the opposite one might be the other opposite sure but so in the movie there's a scene where uh scatman carruthers character i forget his name he's the caretaker during grady Grady. i think it's grady sure let's go with that (laughs) grady might be somewhere else but grady is a yeah grady so (laughs) grady's driving by this busted volkswagen that's a red volkswagen that's in the book which is basically an FU. This is my movie, Stephen King. This is yeah. not your story. So it's just like a weird subtextual thing you can read. Kind of like they're not on the same page. Exactly. It's like a petty war between. Yeah. 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 And the book is definitely different in the movie. The movie's different in the book. So there's, there's more of a transformation in the book and you really like the characters. So anyway, um, Stephen King decided to write a book called Dr. Sleep, which was a sequel to The Shining, his book. Not the movie. Sure. So he wrote the book and Mike Flanagan got a hold of it. The guy who did Haunting of Hill House. He did Haunting of Blind Manor, Oculus, bunch of stuff. And he basically made a sequel sequel to both the movie and the book. And it's incredible, in my opinion, because it takes elements from the movie and from the book, from the movie The Shining and from the book Doctor Sleep. And weaves them together. He takes the style of Kubrick and uses the soul of Stephen King and makes this like little mini, I guess, masterpiece. Me and Mike went to go see it. Remember? Yeah, it was a rising. You would just message me one day. And you're like, you want to go see Dr. Sleep? Is and this I'm, recent? Is this came yeah, out? it's like a couple of years ago. No way. Yeah. Now, do you need to see the first one to see this one? It is helps. It, is it, it, <laughs> it helps. helps. Yeah. It helps, but you could, it's better if you've seen them. Yeah. And of it's course. also. Um, to me, as a King reader, as someone who read the book, it's an amazing yeah experience. Right? Experience because it it basically okay. So the big 
This is a spoiler town. All okay. Right. The big I don't know if I want to tell you now. Though. Oh, for me? Yeah. If you oh, don't worry see about it. me. I'll still watch it regardless. Okay. So in the book, The Shining, he lights it on fire. The whole place explodes and it lights on fire and sure. it's not there anymore. In the movie, Jack freezes over. I don't know if you remember, but Jack freezes yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. So like the cold, the cold gets him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's like outside and he's like rigor mortis. Yeah. So what Mike Flanagan did, which was amazing. Was he basically, by the end of the movie, you get the ending from the book. So he explodes the overlook. He lights it on fire, what happened, he, the, the furnace. The furnace goes over and the whole place set aflame. Yeah. So it was like doing a service to Stephen King, but in the style of Stanley Kubrick's movie. It, it, to me, it was, like, it was like a magic trick. I was like, how did you do this? You yeah. did it so well and you did it. In respect of these two like titans of cinema and and and, and literature. Oh, I I've seen trailers for this because you and McGregor's in this, right? Yes. yes, he plays Danny I, Torrance. Yeah, I remember. I remember this coming out now. Yeah, and it's not the thing is if you're looking for a scary movie, this is not your movie. No, see that was the thing when I went into it. Where well, first off, I was like, I was just looking at like trailers and stuff, and I was kind of like, all right, whatever, I don't. And it's yeah. like, come see it with me. And I was like, all right, sure. And then watching it itself. I mean, there are scary or unsettling moments. Yeah, for sure. Of like, you know, baseball kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's a creepy scene. <laughs> um, but then like there's some moments where, because I think the gist is like where the term shining comes from. That There's some people who have a soul thing that they have, they have the shining they can they they're basically can communicate with other people but through their minds and they can okay. feel things and read it's like basically sort of like, being like a psychic like a telepath almost. yeah exactly yeah so like these spirit things seek out shinings and eat them because reasons <laughs> because sure. because that helps them live longer yeah if they don't they're they're like vampires they have to suck off other people's life. If they don't suck off their life or their blood, rather, you, like a vampire, um, they die. Okay. So it's like pretty much just an extension for their life, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're sucking the life right out Yeah, so you. like Ian McGregor's character like has gone through his life kind of dealing with these and like has a way of counteracting mm-hmm. their... Like avoid them. Well, yeah. trapping them, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then, like, they find out, like, there's a girl who has a significant shining. She has strong shining, which means more uh, life force. The bigger, okay. the more shining you have, the more, it's just complicated. Yeah. To, so, like, shi- is shine, just to clarify, so, like, the shining is more of the ability, right? Or, yeah. So, like, the shining. To read minds. And yeah, stuff like so, the, the name of the shining, that's, like, the power, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's these other entities that are they trying to. They eat what shines. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's their whole thing. They eat what shines. Catchy. So, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, they, they eat what shines, and their, their leader is this leader named Rose the Hat. Right, mm-hmm. and she is sort of despicable, and she'll eat children. And I don't know, I manipulate it, a lot of yeah. People, so yeah. Ewan McGregor plays this plays Danny Torrance forty years later after The Shining, or thirty years, whatever it was, so years later as an adult, and he's working in a nursing home, and he basically assists people when they die. Like that's his whole thing. Yeah, okay. um, it makes them feel comfortable and not feel the pain as much. 
Um, and he finds out that there's this other girl where he lives who has a really strong shine and that these people are after her. Yeah. And it's his opportunity to help her. And the whole thing is sort of like a metaphor for like addiction and get it and recovery rather more than addiction. The shining's more about addiction. Um, the doctor sleeps about recovery. I'd yeah. Say more or less. Um, it's I, a really great, it's movie. great. I just, uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil yeah, but there's one scene where you think the ghosts are going to get the little girl, and it turns out to be a trap for the ghost. Oh yeah, those are amazing. Oh my yeah. god, that was amazing because like the ghosts are like trying to like look for her memories and stuff, and it's like visualized as like a filing cabinet. So like, like a huge fight, like yeah. it's like all of the walls. Yeah. So like the the Rose the Hat like character is like opening the drawer and it's like. Let's find out where you let's find your fears and like how do you tick? Yeah. Yeah. And the drawer snaps shut on her fingers and she's like ah, screaming and the little girl's like, Got you. Oh, so she's just like she's a sick one. She's like that. a badass. I was okay. like, damn, I didn't expect this. Holy shit. So it, she wasn't really afraid, she was a plain dumb type thing. Yeah, and she's she's super strong. I love that character. Yeah, it's a it's a really great follow up. It's not super scary, is the only thing. It's not the shiny. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Was, you don't really need that sometimes. They're good characters. Yeah. And it's a good movie. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good story. story. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. really what you need at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, that's that's my motto. Yeah. Michael. Also, the main characters uses a gun, so it's not an outlandish <laughs> question. <laughs> um, Mikey, why don't you do another one since my list is slightly smaller? All right, sure. Um, so, I, I guess since we were talking about the same director... Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Oculus. Oh, Oculus. Not the VR headset. The, uh, wow. <laughs> um, Oculus is a strange one where there, it's the best movie I can describe as everything is vague and you don't know the answer by the end. Yeah, that's like his most ambiguous movie. Like me thinking about it. The like, gist is like it's uh, father and... Well, I mean, the gist is it's a brother and sister reunite after they had an experience in the house that, like, I think the mother died and the father died, too. Mm-hmm. And it's ambiguous of, like, what happened at the point. And one, the daughter was obsessed because she was sure that this large mirror was the cause of it. Like, it was cursed or something mm-hmm. yeah and like meanwhile the brother like gone in his life and it's like you know it was just a tragic thing like that's what happened and the daughter is like no 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 no, you gotta listen to me i've been studying this mirror and like, i know there's something wrong with it and the whole movie is just them like watching the mirror like it has like a it has like a safety trap and like those cameras pointed at it and stuff and it's just them in the house just like slowly kind of going insane as, as like they're either hallucinating things or like they think there's like the spirits of the parents are coming after them sort of thing and you don't really know if it's actually like a real ghost or not like are they crazy yeah. or are they not crazy? yeah and i mean there was like really tough moments where like the light bulb that's my favorite <laughs> moment in the movie so there's a scene where it's nighttime and a daughter is going to go eat an apple and she takes a bite and it cracks. Okay. And you like look at the back table and there's light bulbs chilling there 
And then you look down, and it's a light bulb in her hand. Well, I've seen that, right? There's yeah. a trailer. That's in the yeah, trailer, in the trailer scene, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even see the trailer. I remember have just I like saw it, and movie? you might have. It's it's a really that's that's my favorite jump scare. That's Mike Flanagan again. He did Doctor Sleep. He did that. Well, yeah, that's why I followed up right. Hush, which is a great movie. Um, Midnight Mass. He just did um, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor. He is insanely good at horror. Yeah. Like, he's my favorite person in the horse. I feel like I've seen this. I don't know why it's escaping me, but I feel like that's very familiar. Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite thing, though, is that by the end of the film, you do not have an answer. Like, you really don't know if <laughs> they're crazy or not. Still. Yeah. No, totally. And, like, oh, uh, like, because what happens is, like, I mean, spoilers, but not really. Who cares at this point? Um, because uh, the daughter has like a safety device, like in case of mirrors out of control, whatever. It's like a large piece of metal tied to the ceiling on a pivot. So when they press the button, it'll swing down and shatter the mirror. Okay. And like in the midst of the craziness, like the brother like finally like, smashes it, right? And it, the daughter's in front of the mirror when it happens. So she gets no way. pegged. And like she killed the daughter and like. I think at some point they called like 911 or something. So like yeah. the police show up and there's like a dead body and like he's the only one there. And the police are like taking him away. He's like, no, 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 let's go. And then like you keep flashing, like you see a ghost of her in the house, but then you also see her as a young child, like being pulled away too. And you're like, what's, what, what was the real thing that happened? Like you're not really yeah, sure like what really occurred. Yeah. 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 I like stuff like that. It kind of leaves it up for interpretation. I mean, that's why I like this so much, because, yeah. like, sometimes the problem with horror movies is, like, the monster or whatever is cursing or whatever is ambiguous in the beginning, but then by the end it gets explained, and it's like, oh, okay, now I understand. Did Did you see um the Ouija movies? Ouija? Yeah. No. The second one is good. The first one's not good. But the second one, Mike Flanagan directed. He's getting and around. <laughs> he really yeah. is. Like, he made a bunch of stuff. Speaking of, are you done with your yeah, I mean, much soliloquy? It's very good. <laughs> I had a soliloquy too, so don't worry. Um, so, uh, speaking of Mike Flanagan, um, Midnight Mass, which just came out recently. If you're looking for something new and recent that's really good, I highly recommend it. It's directed and written by Mike Flanagan with a bunch of other people. Um, and it's, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I don't want to explain it. <laughs> the first... Two episodes are a little bit of a lull. Once you get to the third episode, things start making sense. Um, it's basically about this island town and all these people on this island town. And there's this church on this island town. And what happens is um, their old priest leaves the church and there's this new younger priest. And he comes and all of a sudden miracles start happening at this church. Okay. And they're sort of, they're explainable, but they're sort of unexplainable. And there's a huge mystery at the center of it. Um, And I know it doesn't sound so enticing, but three episodes in, you're like, what the hell? This is great. Because you realize um, what is going on, basically. Um, I don't want to ruin anything else. I don't want to ruin the experience for anybody. Yeah, Midnight Mass is a little too new to just dismiss as spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Midnight Mass, I would say three episodes in, you're hooked immediately, and you need to know what happens. 
Um, and it's to me the best thing he's ever made. Oh wait, you know what? That's crazy, dude. I saw the trailer, so I was I was with um I was with somebody and I, we were mm-hmm. watching we were on Netflix like trying yeah, to find yeah. something to watch. It's like the top number that three was the top something. thing, and I was yeah. like, we both stopped talking and we're just staring at it. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. That's so crazy. You're talking about it now because we we're like, yes, we should watch this. It's it's. We're gonna. We just have it's to watch incredible, it. <laughs> and it's about something, and it hit me right in the heart. Like Mike yeah. Flanagan's really good at that. He's really good at making movies that like hit me right in the heart, yeah. and they're about something. This is really about something. It doesn't try to answer any questions, but it, it sort of leaves a question by the end, and it's a book. It really is. It's like a, it's like a seven chapter book mm. because every episode is another chapter and you're learning a little bit more. That's how more. I kind of felt about Haunting of Hill House. It's sort of like yeah. a book. I mean, speaking in that vein, why don't we just discuss that? Since yeah, I was about on to say the, yeah. Yeah. the Mike Flanagan uh, <laughs> train right now. Uh, yes. Uh, Midnight Mask, go see it. If you ever get a chance, please watch it. You'll love it. Just wait for three episodes. I'm telling you, if you don't like it by the third episode, turn it off. But if you like it by the third episode, you'll fucking love it so um, what got me about the haunting of hill house for me was the first two episodes really hooked me in um because they were scary yeah i think that was like i was like well this is interesting you know like you're in this house you, you're not sure what's really going on and you just see like these things at night that are yeah. like creeping amongst right and you're just like oof you know, because there's multiple, you know, and that's the type of thing that's like really scary is like you see somebody walk down the hall then something else walks down the hall. You're like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like, get yeah. out of here, man. Like, you know, like it's super unsettling. Yeah, it's unsettling. Yeah. It's unsettling. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And as the story like really opens and like you really get to see like the backstory and that the house is not so scary. It's just sad. You know, mm. which is very interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's it's like almost a play on your perception of people yeah. or yeah. maybe situations. It's about family, right? Yeah. Well, it's uh, what I liked about it is like, okay, well, this is really messing with my perception. Like, because, like I said, oh, this is a creepy house. I would never want to be here. Fuck these entities. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. But then you realize they're just people who got fucked because there's like this house is just cursed, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's so crazy with the whole story with the sister. I mean, spoiler alerts. I know mm-hmm. this is relatively new, but I feel like most people have seen this who it's are been going like to see four or five years. Yeah, I, I don't feel. I feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I feel comfortable. Really, like specifying like this this girl, one of the sisters when she was a kid used to see the bent ne- the bented neck uh, bent neck lady or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. And she was terrified of this thing, and no one really like. Did you have you seen the show? No. All right, so it's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Really you're cool. Good. So like, yeah, she's terrified of this this thing called the bent neck lady who would it would randomly just fall like in front of her like this woman hanging and she'd be like oh like you know like really messed up and her neck would be broken right okay and she's haunted by it up into up until um like episode five right? yeah like up basically up her whole her whole life uh, since the minute she's walked into the house and things started happening to them up until the point where she passes um she ends up uh yes, yeah, real harsh. <laughs> do you care? I don't care. No. I don't want to ruin it. I'm gonna probably forget it. It's okay, fine. cool. So she ends up killing herself in the house because she thinks she's going crazy because she keeps seeing this bent neck lady. Yeah, and she keeps seeing things and it's fucking with her, right? Yeah, to the point where she gets drawn to the house and there's other entities in there that are are influencing her to commit suicide, which she does indeed do. Mm. Okay, but it's only at that point. That you find out that the bent neck lady was herself the oh, whole time. Oh, oh, 
<laughs> that was so a big spoiler. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, like, Mikey. That's okay. No, that's really cool, though. <laughs> I asked you, man. I asked no, 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 you no, no, no that's, really, that's fine. I was just like, oh, I love when those twists happen. Yeah, so, like, you get to see, like, whoa. Like, you know, what a twist. Yeah. And you just get to see, like... How how deeply root how how much this one interaction at this establishment that they were staying at in their youth carried through all of them throughout their whole mm-hmm. lives and how they had to finally come together as a family after being separated from their mm-hmm. trauma to heal the trauma. Yeah, you know? no, totally. So in reality, like they thought staying away from each other would help them heal, but only by staying together did they finally like come to terms with what happened to them. And then there was like a lot of doubt in their mind that this was what we were just children. This is all imagination, you know, things were it. Cause a lot, a lot of it stems from what happened to their mother who also mm-hmm. passed away in the house. And what, who, what each one believed happened to their mother at that time, whether one thought she was just crazy, who was ill mm-hmm. and she, and she took herself her own life or, there were other spirits and other things at play that affected her decisions throughout that time frame. You know, so it's like this contrast between reality and the supernatural and then having to come to terms with maybe it was a mixture. You know, it's about a family trying to come to terms with grief. Yeah. Like it really is about grief, the Mm. whole and family. Okay. And it's, it really is a great show. And there's this one episode that's really incredible is that they do it all in like one shot. So oh it's like my always, it's the whole episode. It's like 56 minutes. That's crazy. Mike Flanagan is insane. Yeah. Like, I'm just nuts. like, how do you do that? That's amazing that he does that. And he directs all, he directed all those episodes. Yeah, so he directed seven episodes of that and he did Midnight Mass. The funeral know? home scene. Oh my, yeah. With the, I think sis, that's the, with the sister and the, and, 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 the, and the morgue. Yeah, it all takes place in the same place, right? Oh, yeah, 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 that's the Wonders. I'm not saying anything. I gotta watch it now. I'm not saying anything else. I'm not saying anything else. You guys convinced me. I gotta watch it. Haunting a Hill House, Midnight Mass. And we might as well, I mean, since we're here, we might as well talk about Blind Manor too. Oh, Blind Manor's great. Yeah, I mean, all right, so Blind Manor is basically about this other place, um... Where these these two children live, right? Okay. And um, their parents both passed away. They're um, in the care of their uncle, but their uncle doesn't really partake mm-hmm. in their life. He's basically just their piggy bank, to be yeah. fair. You yeah. know? And there's this woman who has um, who moves in to be their nanny, essentially. And you start to slowly see that things are kind of not all the way correct here. Like, there's yeah, something something's going... off. Something's off. And... Um, and what's going on and then also like what is good with the nanny because mm-hmm. she also has a past that is clearly giving her some form of trauma yeah and you're not quite sure what it is at first i don't know like i guess mm-hmm. again like this is more recent as well do you care about i'm not gonna i'm not I, gonna give you as big a ball I think drops I told you you were talking because like wasn't there like a lesbian couple or something? well here's the yeah. thing yeah so yeah, it's, okay. it's a um it's a play on 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 sexual orientation and who you are as a person i okay. guess like yeah kind of like like stopped in, it's almost like a person denying themselves of who mm-hmm. they really are mm-hmm. due to things in their past and and, yeah. and preconceptions of what that means yeah and coming to terms with the fact that you need to be happy with who you are and and, and things of that nature it's based um, on sorry no, 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 you're good. It's, it's su- I'll, I'll, I'm almost yeah, done. Okay. <laughs> um, it's super sad in the end. Um, it really is a bittersweet ending yeah. for sure. Um, there's a lot of sacrifice. Um, there's a lot of love at play for that sacrifice. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you get basically like you end up. I don't know. It's, it's hard because like I, I, I feel bad about the neck lady. So I, I'm trying to not. <laughs> I'm trying not to burn anything. And you know, in your brain, but. 
essentially like the most of the people that she interacts with um or like some of the people that she interacts with may not still be alive I mean, I feel like yeah. that was expected. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's based on an old Henry James um, story called Turn of the Screw, and it was made into a movie called The Innocents, which okay. was in the 60s, directed by Jack Clayton, which I hate to say this, but I kind of prefer it. But it's, um, I do, I really liked Haunting of Blind Manor. I thought it was interesting, and I love The Lady. That's all I'll say. Yes. She's my favorite character. I, I agree because, again, it, it leads to this. Um, but with I feel like it has a similar theme with perception, the way I was yeah. saying with Hill House. However, it's a little more nasty. Yeah. Like, like you can feel for her. Yeah. It's almost like when you have a character who is like who's a villain or or the, the antagonist. Right. Yeah. And then they have like a sad backstory mm-hmm. and you can. Or antihero. Sure, and you can relate to them. You'd be like, all right, I can see how you came out this way, right? Yeah. And sometimes, like, maybe after revealing that, like, it ends up being, like... Like, for uh, Itachi and Naruto, just to make it a comparison. <laughs> we couldn't get one episode of anime. <laughs> watch Jujutsu Kaisen, that's also oh <laughs> We say that every episode, that's why. <laughs> um, he was painted as a humongous villain who killed his whole family. And then you find out that he was actually ordered to do so. And that yeah. he was he did it he did it solely because he that was the only way to keep his brother alive, right? And he ends up he's being this this good character in the end who's actually has a good heart and a, a good person, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have villains who have a sad backstory but they commit. Yeah. Right? And but I there's think, a point when they turn. Yeah, where it's yeah. just like there's no, <laughs> Did we have a whole podcast about this? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. essentially like it, it leads you to put like you see you see where and how this occurred, but you also don't feel as bad because they've done so much heinous stuff. Yeah. You were, it's totally. kind of like you yeah. kind of dug your, like, you know, like you, you feel for them, grave. but they committed to the, to this and mm-hmm. like, this is what they are now. Yeah. You know? So like, it's almost like, oh man, I see how that happened, it's but like you're still every a piece mob of shit. movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, there's an element to that where in Hill House, I felt, except for one particular person, I'm yeah. sure you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt bad for the majority of the people who yeah. were there. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when it comes to, Bly Manor. Bly Manor, I don't necessarily feel so bad, especially for the ending. Yeah. Honestly, fuck that lady. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. No, she's just an interesting character. She's just an interesting but, yeah. character, and you can feel, but at the same time, you're a piece of shit. So yeah. it's like one of those things. Yeah. yeah. It left me feeling... Definitely, I was like super depressed after, <laughs> and it wasn't oh, so no. much so like, just for like just for the just for like the night, you know, or the morning yeah. after. Yeah. I was just like, "Fuck, that was really really deep and yeah. really really sad." Yeah. You learn a lot about life through that show, and yeah. what 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 it means to to live a life, and yeah. like you know, and things like that, and what's important to you, and thing you know, that's okay. what makes a good horror movie. Yeah, it's very the, pl- it the plot's very good. Yeah, I will say just just to put a little criticism out there because I don't want freaking suck its yeah. dick too hard <laughs> oh my god yeah, you know um it it was a little slow um I, yeah i felt like yeah the, you were saying that too. i felt like the build-up to this could have been faster paced yeah. or they could have added something i mean again i know it's based off other things yeah. so then you know there's there's liberty you know there's not there's not but as much liberty it's, but there's a lot I, I would say this i think you're right um there's a lot of uh i think there are liberties at stake because the book is short and it's much longer in the miniseries, uh, yeah. Bly Manor. And it's, it's, I think it's called, it's called Turn of Screw. And it's, it's so is Haunting of Hill House is based on the haunting of Hill House. It's a Shirley, I forget her last name. 
I hate myself for forgetting her last name. But she, she, it's an old book. They're both really old books. Um, the Haunting, old people like that movie. I'm not a big fan. I think The Haunting of Hill House does a better job. But it also is, um, it it updates it in a way. And also, it it makes you relate to the characters. Like Modernizes the, it yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I like about it. And Bly Manor takes its time almost sort of to a fault. To a fault. Sometimes. And I'm okay with things taking its time. Yeah. Especially with a series because you have time. Yeah. With movies, I'm more critical of that because you have a, a two-hour slot yeah. most of the time. Like, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a way to make a good pace. Yeah. I will say this about Midnight Mass is it does take its time, but it all pays off and it makes sense. Like, yeah. Like structurally for Blind Manor, it felt like things were well, too I, slow sometimes. It almost felt like, all right, so like I'm okay with like, for example, Castlevania season three, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan <laughs> of it. Yeah. Again, sorry. I wasn't a big fan of it. I thought it was dragging really hard, yeah. but the payoff on season four, I understand it. I like it now. Yeah. Right. For Blind Manor, I finished it and I still felt that yeah. it was like, all right, this wasn't an... Like, if it was going to do that, it should have done more. Mm-hmm. I think there were episodes where I'm like, I expected something to be... Because it was creepy. There was a lot of creepy moments, especially with mm-hmm. the lady, right? And I think I just wanted more of that if yeah. it was going to drag. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like the, the whole... I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I know it's hard. It's hard, there right? There are aspects of it that just drag on. And mm-hmm. and it's not too fault. And there are also things about it where I'm like, this is just trying to be too politically correct. That's sometimes. a thing too. I feel uh, like a little like yeah, you were talking about that. Well, Netflix yeah. has that whole. I mean, to a degree, Netflix. It's, but, that's probably on Netflix's yeah. end too because they have like the whole SJW like type, uh, you know, con. But uh, I didn't I think I, idea on, when ideology. I watched Midnight Mass. There yeah. was, I would say, a more diverse cast. Sometimes, like some, that was the thing a, too. It, but it wasn't. It didn't feel like it was forced. It okay. felt very natural to the yeah. story. It didn't feel wrong but at that's all. That's okay with me. You I, know? It's okay with me too. Yeah. My problem is, is like when you try to shoehorn like, it's like you're w- you're trying to check a box. ideology. Sometimes. You're trying to check a box. I think yeah. that's really what it is. It's like, yeah. hey, we're doing this because this is progressive, right? And like they're trying to yeah. meet that audience, and like, give me those brownie points. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm okay with that stuff if it serves the purpose of, of the, the story and the story. And but when you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, it just it feels. If you pull yeah, a JK, it feels wrong sometimes. Cheap, yeah, because yeah. you're almost diminishing what you're trying to pr- promote yeah. by pull, just doing it for the sake of it. You know what I mean? If you pull a JK Rowling and retroactively change your characters in a tweet, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, my my yeah, and it's not like I don't like the series. I really like the no, series. No, no, of I, course, I, yeah. I, I I think there are just per- certain things where I'm just like. I understand where it's coming from, and I understand that this is great. It just yeah. feels forced. You can sometimes. still it's like the forced part and have constructive I, I have criticism. A, yeah, for exactly. It, you know, and I think almost it's emphasis that you like it so much more yeah. because yeah. you're willing to even think about these type of things when when doing that. Exactly. Such. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I just don't like when it feels forced. That's my only. Yeah, thing. that's the thing. I mean, like I said, it has to be. It has to be like incongruent. Also, like it just has to serve the plot. Like, yeah, it has to be congruent for the time frame too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you're in, like, you know, Victorian England, you know, it's mostly white people, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's just congruent yeah. to what it is, or whatever the case may be. It just depends. It's dependent. Yeah, it depended on the story. Totally. And yeah, like, and like, make it like don't make like I don't know, just don't make like for example, like with Haunting the Hill House, like their sexuality mm-hmm. was not who they are. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like their identity. It yeah. was just something a factor of them that served the plot, the plot which exactly. worked. Which is and it was a great like yeah. it was a great way to emphasize LGBTQ yeah. stu- things yeah. in such a healthy, a natural way, ha- healthy and natural way that is completely fine and, yeah. and actually really is really well done. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah, yeah. that's awesome. You know, overall, yeah, yeah so, it wasn't just I, like your character trait is gay. <laughs> that's yeah. the problem yeah. that I have. It's not the the fact that they are gay is that yeah. that's the only thing to them it, yeah that's what i had a problem with blind manor a little bit i felt like you think so a little bit i i i don't like i was just like i don't know it just it bothered me like it it just it felt like a sidetrack from the story yeah opposed to a continuation of yeah. the story yeah right like i see i didn't mind it in hill house and blind manor it just it it bothers me when it's like that is the main focus. Yeah. When it should be the story. You know, that's, that's I, what I'm still like. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. I'm like, you're just really emphasizing this point. You want to look good. Yeah. Like, to me, it's like you just want to look want, good. You want all the Twitter people to be like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And For like, like five minutes. But you realize like those people don't don't really buy your product yeah. is you're just like you're just meeting a quota that's expected maybe mm-hmm. m- m- maybe expected of you points. yeah <laughs> and i maybe that's just like maybe like the fear of being canceled but that's like a whole you know yeah, that's, that's like a whole yeah, conversation we're not on that right yeah. now yeah. but yeah i mean i i appreciate i guess like it was payoff for me because the ending really stuck it in yeah you know like maybe this was this is what this was about all along yeah you know what i mean to a degree yeah and like i guess like that's okay um I didn't really mind that in there because, like, it wasn't like, I'm gay and I'm proud (laughs) and I'm going to rep being gay. And I wasn't really. Oh, my God. It wasn't really like that. Like, I mean, do you like go off. But like, that's not that. That's not the plot. You know, I mean, and that's why I'm like, all right, that's just a part of them, which is fine for me. You know, overall. No, I I think you're right. Honestly. Um, I yeah, I just. I just don't like when things are forced. It's no. my only problem with no. anything. Yeah, yeah like it, it's it's okay. Yeah. Like you know, it's like one of those things where like they it it just doesn't it doesn't have to. It's like you don't have to throw it in someone's face. I think that's yeah. the problem. I don't even care about throwing it in someone's. face. You don't face. think so? I I my problem is um, making it their identity. Yeah, like, that's the only like, character trait. I, like, yeah, I I'd rather you be like. We're all human at the end yeah. of the day. But Whatever it is, like, I th- we're I think all human. Yeah, I think, I think that's what I mean, though. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. What, when I say, like, throw it in your face, like, they really want to emphasize, like, this is their identity and this yeah. is all they all they have. All the yeah, substance yeah. that they have is correlating to this one aspect of their person. And that's just not real. Like, it's that's just, just exa- It's fake. disingenuous. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's clear, you know, yeah. for the most part. Like, if you really look at it from an objective, like, just neutral stand standpoint yeah. it's clear when it's genuine and or just like a character trait yeah. that just happens to be a part of them or when they're they're just trying to be like hey look look how look how i am yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean look yeah, what i yeah. did you know yeah and I, I i i mean i think like uh blind manner and i can see your point with that yeah. but i don't think i think that was like the neutral ground yeah you know where like you can do something like that but still have it be good you know yeah, overall totally. or still have it like um mean pay, something mean something yeah Sorry, we went on this huge Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I was like, it was a cool organic conversation that was yeah. really neat, but I was like, 
Oh, are we still hard? <laughs> <laughs> We're just let's kind of talk critiquing about politics. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah. religion too. Well, yeah, right. yeah, no. Let's move. Yeah. Moving on. All right, Mikey, pick your next <laughs> movie. Don't you just hate it when you know you're trying to look for a girl, right? You're trying to like find a relationship. Sure. <laughs> and you have this kind of stupid but brilliant idea of like, what if I just hold auditions? Like pretending um, it's yeah, um, I remember that when I did that that one time. Yeah, when I was by myself in my room. Yeah, and you like, the in your room. Women. Yeah, and casting like, bed. <laughs> Is that like, <laughs> no, I was just skyping women. I wasn't casting. It wasn't oh, a casting. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, and you know, you meet a girl, and she's like really pretty and stuff, and you're like, yeah, maybe this can work, and then a couple hours or later or days later, depending on how you're feeling, um, your legs getting sawed off. With a piano chord. Ooh, yeah. I remember that time that happened That's, to me, and then yeah. I had to get a new leg. It was weird. I have a metal leg now. <laughs> Call me the bronze kneecap. Bronze kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> oh just a, just a sidebar, I never actually had auditions and Skype random women. Yeah, disclaimer. We're not, we're not <laughs> creepy. This is all satire. That. <laughs> we're making fun of ourselves. We're talking about the movie audition. I hope you can understand sarcasm. If not, yeah. I'm making that blanket Elite. statement for people to hear now or we in the future. We are good people, mostly. Uh, <laughs> Speak for yourself, bro. Yeah. So, audition, right? Yes. <laughs> Never Oof. play a piano again. Oh, man. I, <laughs> me and my sister are watching that, and we're both pianists, and we were just like, oh. Look at, <laughs> can't look at your piano the same because it's you know you know like a, a bass piano string yeah right it's pretty thick and it's wrapped around the leg and uh, uh, <laughs> the bag is what got the me bag. the bag is the the Gary's bag the bag all right I don't I haven't seen this movie so please re- like explain I mean okay um. <laughs> Do you want to explain or should I explain? Um, I mean, the gist is like I was kind of joking, but seriously, came in the plot of this guy is like trying to get up with girls and he does it in the form of like holding these auditions sort of thing. Sure. And one of the girls that comes in is actually like a psychopath. And he's obsessed with her. Yeah. Okay. He's like, I really want to meet this woman and be with this woman. And okay. he's like a director or something. Yeah. Yeah. So but he's not he's not the one doing the killing, right? He's just no. Like, no. She's the, he's the victim. Okay. <laughs> he's the victim. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I understand. Yeah. And oof, this lady is just horrible. <laughs> I mean. But with the bag, man. Tell me about the bag. Tell, tell uh, me about the bag. Uh, okay. Uh, What's so, in the bag? What? <laughs> She's a scorned woman. Okay. Um, so she's been burned by many a man. Like literally or figuratively? Both. Okay. Um, And <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, So she basically her whole life is dedicated to hurting men. <laughs> okay. So it's she's... passion. Sure. Yes. It's her life passion. And so you're slowly finding this out. And somebody... His friends keep telling him there's, there's something wrong with this woman. You don't stay with her. Blah, 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 blah. And so she, like, basically takes it to torture this man. And there's a scene where, like... So you don't know this yeah. for the first half of the movie. Sure. And there's a... She, she's, she's, she's basically waiting for his phone call. And you see this bag in the peripheral, and you think nothing about it, right? And in one scene, you know, she's waiting for her phone call, and right before the phone rings, 
the bag moves. <laughs> and you're like, what the hell is going on? And it moves again. And basically it's revealed like, it's a dude in the bag and he has like all his fingers like sawn off and he has like nubs for hands. And he, ba- she basically eats food and vomits into a plate and makes him eat it. That's the only thing he eats. So there's a... This movie is not for the faint of heart. No, it's not. It's a movie that is very disturbing. Um, and it's about... She's very vengeful. And it's very... Like, if you want something that will scare you as a man... Yeah. This will. It's yeah. like, wasn't there you, you can't see my with, face, but my it, jaw dropped. Wasn't there a scene with the fingernails... And uh, maybe like she was putting needles underneath the finger. Yes, yes. So, she puts needles in each finger oh while this guy's like sedated, basically. Okay, Do, so he's but, out or, of it. Well, least. he's well sedated in that like he can't move his body, but he can feel. But he can feel. Oh it. no! So no. he's like out of it, and she's got like surgeon gloves. She's putting he, it on. He can like he can't speak either. Is one of those things. Yeah. Oh but my. But he can see it. Oh my god. And then like I was saying before, she got a piano wire and is just sawing off his leg. Oh my god. Wait, this bag. Let's go back to this bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just for a second. How big is this bag? Like, how big is this guy right now? Like okay, so it's a big bag. So he still he bag, still has like a human. But bot. it's in the per- okay. you really don't see it, and you don't expect it. And if you're sitting in a movie theater, yeah, and you see that bag move, you move back and you yeah, see. Yeah, you're like, like so. Like, it's is it is technically it like, a jump scare, but it's one of the greatest jump scares I now, would say because the reveal is like a payoff. So like, when it first moves, like, do they? Do they explain why, or is it kind of like what the fuck? No. No. Okay, so it's like one of like wait what, and then and then it's they, wait what what is in there? Like why is it moving? Okay, and you, now your brain's processing. Yeah. Is there a person in there? Like what's yeah, going? Like, what's going like, on? So yeah. she just ke- she just keeps this dude alive in his back thing. Yep, that's like, her whole thing. It's like he keep even... torturing men and keeping them alive until they slowly die. Wither away. What in the actual fuck? <laughs> it's really like, well. I'm just gonna stay single <laughs> because that yeah, is a, this a li- terrifying. Yeah, this is li- <laughs> Yep. Oh, she bad though. Hey, girl. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> no. Jake would be killed. Well, yeah, you would, you'd be dead. Not so. <laughs> I wonder. Hang on. It's uh, that is crazy. That's funny, man. What it, in the actual? Are you typing in bag? It's. What in the actual fuck is wrong with it? When does this come out? Uh, 1999. Oh, is this wow. the bag? It is the bag. Oh, that's the bag? Yeah, there's definitely a person in there, bro. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not Santa Claus's bag, that's for sure. Like. <laughs> yeah, but you don't like, you're just, you know, she's in her apartment. We don't know anything about her yet. You yeah. give her the benefit of the doubt. You're a human being. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh, I don't doubt that this woman is, woman is mentally ill. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, uh... It's just like a message to all you filmmakers out there. <laughs> Don't audition people to sleep with them. <laughs> yeah, that is... I mean, uh, I guess just anyone in general. Just yeah. like, if your friends are like, yo, I saw a bag move in her apartment. Just be like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to leave. You know, I, I'm I not my, coming back. I hear my mom calling. <laughs> You know, it seems like it's urgent, so you have a good day. Maybe we'll reschedule, and I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a crazy movie. 
Jesus, man, that sounds like I, I don't know. You guys can see, but like as soon as they said what was in the bag, my jaw like <laughs> dropped to the floor. I yeah. was like, Jesus Christ! She feeds him vomit. I'm Big, surprised that doesn't kill him off the rip. It's uh, it's, it's just disturbing. No that much. is very disturbing. <laughs> Speaking of disturbing, um, let's talk about Hereditary. All right. All right. So, like, just for the people who don't know, um, Hereditary is directed by Ari Aster, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a I'm a fan so far. Um, cool. Basically, he does like cult horror. From if I if I had to put a genre to mm-hmm. it, I guess. Um, so it's like so, art house, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's about this family who has like deep roots into this um, worshiping of this king, uh, Pomimen or something, right? This devil king. I forget. Yeah, the, it's the, like a demon. I forget. Yeah, like, the specific one of the movie. one of the demon, uh, the seven kings of hell. I think it is. Yeah. And um. So, like, their grandmother was enlisted into this cult that worships them. Mm-hmm. And you see throughout the film, like, their seeds of their, like, of their maneuvering, mm-hmm. you know, going into play. And it's pretty much, like, the the grandmother pretty much sacrificed her family to, to summon this demon, pretty <laughs> much. And it's, like, it's you see, like, them slowly in, unravel into madness. And you start to want, like, who is possessed? Because, like, you know what I mean? Because everybody just seems extremely fucked up, you know, yeah. in, at the end. And it's, like, have you seen it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You, and you obviously I've seen it. it but, it, yeah, the, that's mostly, you find that out at the end, right? Well, not really, because like, like halfway through. So, you, you, uh, for me, I notice inklings of things. Yeah. So, like for spoilers for people who haven't seen it, we're going to talk about a little bit of details about this yeah. film, just so you know. Okay, um, when the daughter was the original person who was the host, right, um, and she was, you know, disfigured kind of, and she had like men- mental problems, maybe bird heads. Yeah. yeah, she was like, <laughs> she was like. All the time, and that you yeah. learn later on that that's actually a sign of the possession, you know, overall. Um, um, right, so... Yeah, or she has, like, you know, Tourette's or something. Well, no, because the, well, the son does it at the end, too. No, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I yeah. know the, buying into the premise of the movie. Yeah, I'm buying just thinking in the, that, you know, well, yeah, in, in, in reality, probably, yeah. 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 But I'm just saying, for the sake of this film, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what happens is when, when she gets killed, because mm-hmm. uh, basically she... Uh, her brother is forced to bring her along with him to a party that he's going to because he's older and he has to babysit. Mm-hmm. And she eats something that when he's not looking that is allergic, the highly allergic. She's highly allergic to, excuse me. So he takes, runs her, takes her, and he's beelining to a hospital, right? And she is in the backseat. He is stressed out and he is hype beasting through this 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 road, right? Yeah. And um, basically, she puts her head out the window. Yep. <laughs> And there is a flagpole oh that is God. very close, and he's not paying attention, and it's kind of like a, and her head is gone. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's pretty much the premise. But the thing is, like you see on the pole that there is a symbol of mm-hmm. the cult. Oh, I never realized that. If you look, oh, there's a symbol okay. of the cult. So that was step one in their plan. And what's so twisted about this scene, the thing about these these movies, I mean, I think Midsommar plays m- more on this than, than Hereditary does. That mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a disturbing thing, similar yeah. to Audition, yeah. than horror. Um, I, I, but I think this one's a little more scary than, than Midsommar is in terms of the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the generic aspects of what horror is. Yeah. And um, you see that he sees what happened, you know, mm-hmm. and he's in such shock that he just drives home. And goes to sleep. So no reporting, no nine one one call, no anything, no word said. 
goes home, goes to bed. And then you, 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 the next scene is like in the morning time when he's waking up and you just hear the mother wailing, wailing mm. in, in agony about what it feels she's really seeing. real. It feels, it really feels real. crazy. She, Who, who's the actress? Tony Collette. Yeah, I feel she's like really she's amazing. amazing. Yeah, she did a crazy job in this role. Mm. And you kind of like, but it's just like, it's like, it's like chills, like going through me, right? Even just thinking about it yeah. because it's like. Well, as a 15, 16 year old kid who just saw his sister get decapitated, what would you do? I mean, it's like, like a shock, right? Yeah, like, like yeah. I don't blame him. Like, you know, because he's like not in the right mindset whatsoever. Yeah. He was just like, I need back from a party. He was like, yeah, like he's probably clinging to any form of reality that he has left. And it's just like, what, about, what would I normally do? I would just go home and go to bed. Like, you know what I mean? He's just trying to be like, let me just pretend. He just autopiloted. (laughs) Yeah, like, let me just pretend like this is not real. And maybe I'll wake up and it's really not real. You know, I think that's kind of like the mentality there, maybe. And when he wakes up to the wailing of his mother and he just Mm -hmm. stares out and you just know, you know, and it's just like, wow. And then it just piggybacks into this story between the the beef, basically like the resentment between Mm -hmm. the mother versus the son and like how she... It slowly becomes the mother story, you know, to a degree where you see her descent into madness. Yeah. You know, where like she just can't let go of what he did, essentially, you know. Mm -hmm. And even though it's technically not his fault, you know, overall. I mean, it was negligence, but he's a teen. Like, what do you expect? And like, who would have expected that, you know, that she would die in that yeah. fashion you know i mean demonic involvement yeah somewhere. of course you know <laughs> at the same time too you know yeah. there's there's other figures in play you yeah. know that were beyond his control mm-hmm. you know in that regard and um you slowly start seeing that she's like slowly getting possessed by this entity yeah. and um you see that the daughter was first possessed but you don't mm-hmm. really like see inklings of any like activity i guess mm-hmm. besides just little nuanced things yeah. you know and then you slowly see as it it possesses a more agitated and aggressive host that it's like, you know, it's, it's tendencies are, are provoking, you know, it's like the way she acts, the way she sounds, she's losing herself, you know? And in that way she's losing her child too, because he's feeling like her, like he's seeing the progression of the monster. Right. And he's not understanding what's happening, you know, in in this way, because he's just a kid, you know, and he's, he's being like, like screamed at by his mom and like saying how like it's his fault and everything yeah, that you don't want to hear, you <laughs> so know what I mean? Creepy. Everything that you don't want to hear from yeah. like your mother, you know, who would yeah. expect like, you know, to a degree you'd understand that that's your child. You love them and you know, whatever, you know? And then, and then it just pops off in the end when like, yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's like full possession. She ignites the father on fire, <laughs> you know, everyone's going crazy. You see naked people in the house yeah. and like a <laughs> fucking hell. Everything goes the head banging. Oh is yeah, what got oh, yeah. me. I was like, it's like, what the? Nah, what fucked me up was the similarly to audition yeah. Yeah. was when she was slicing her own throat. Oh yeah, with oh. a wire. Yeah, in the oh, air, yeah. just yeah, going vigorously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, like, what's God. happening? Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. And then at the end, you find out like. That it was all the cult. Like, the naked people yeah. are part of the same cult. You see the same mm-hmm. symbols. And you see that, like, the son is just like, I'm going to just, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a be out. And he, <laughs> yeah. he just, like, <laughs> takes a, a deep nosedive, uh, like, from the from the attic onto, and just dies, right? Yeah. But that was always the plan. 
Yeah, to make it turns out crazy. If you look at like the lore of the demon, mm-hmm. the demon only like requires a male host. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, from the context of the context, the daughter made a uh, the grandmother made a deal uh, to have it go in the child because she was she was never really around. I think the son, but she was a fondant of the daughter, mm-hmm. right? So they first possessed the daughter through birth. She was there at the birth, the grandmother. So clearly there was mm-hmm. something in play, you know. And then it migrated to the the mother, right afterwards, yeah. and then it, it finally got to its final destination, mm-hmm. which was. The sun, yeah. but what's interesting is that the sun goes right the yeah. same way the girl does, mm-hmm. and you wonder if the girl was ever really the girl at all, uh, and if it was yeah, just true. a demon that was inside from the very beginning of the birth. Because they mm-hmm. they said that the grandmother was very interested in this in the daughter's pregnancy yeah. overall versus the sons yeah. in general, and then you see that the grandmother's body is there. Like the old dead grandmother's body, headless. Yeah. And then you see the mother's body there, headless. And you see all these naked people. And they're all, like, standing. And, like, even the, the dead bodies are kneeling like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. creepy. Yeah. And you see them all just worshiping him yeah. as he's reigned and, and, and come to full power and everything. And it's just, like, that's how the movie ends. And it's just, like, <laughs> I would hate to live in that universe. And I'm, like, literally. Man, fucking grandmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old ladies like, scare the shit out of me in movies. I don't know what it is. It's, like, the um the movie, the It too. That yeah. part with the old lady. Yeah, that right? was the scariest part of that movie. Yeah. That movie's okay, but it the, wasn't that great. No, yeah, but it, yeah. but that movie, that part you. was a little I was weird. Just trying to be admirable, yeah. but it's not a good movie. But she was, she was, she was scary. And yeah. then that, but uh, have you ever seen Drag Me to Hell? Mm-mm. Oh my I don't god! Think so. yeah. Drag Me to Hell has the scariest old lady I've ever seen in she's, my life, and that's a demon. She's such an asshole. <laughs> that's also a demon movie. I highly recommend. Um, basically, this woman she works for a bank, and she she basically says to this old lady, um, uh, "I can't give you this loan, even though she technically can." Okay. And she puts a curse on her, basically saying that this demon will haunt you until you die. Um, and it's it's really great. It's Sam Raimi at his finest. I don't mm. know if you know Sam Raimi. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man 2, the American Spider-Man 3 is no. <laughs> uh, not as bad as everyone says it is. It's there's just, stuff in, the Sandman is really interesting. I, I think My that, I heard that there's a lot of things with the studio that prevented him from making the making, movie that he wanted to make. No, I totally, I get that. So I kind of gave it a pass. He also, they had, they didn't have time. Yeah. Um, But uh, he directed the Evil Dead movie, the original ones. Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, yeah, Army I'm, of Darkness. I've seen those. So he went back to horror which was how he started out. And Drag Me to Hell to me is like his magnum opus. It's incredible. Um, the main actress is incredibly good. Uh, and there's really scary stuff and funny stuff, but scary stuff in that movie. Yeah, he's very goofy, right? He has like that old like 2000s humor and stuff sort, like that. Well, it's mostly like there are a lot of jump scares, but they're all great. And I, 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 that is the worst. I think. Oh yeah, it's so I don't want to. It's just a really good, fun, rollicking. Like, there's no like hereditary is like about family and about grief and tragedy, right? Like, there's a human drama involved. Yeah. And drag me to hell is like to me like the polar. Like this woman is haunted by a demon and it won't stop following her. Period. Yeah. Like, get ready for some spooks, boys. Like, yeah, and it gets crazy. 
Yeah. And it's like the th- like Hereditary tries to stay in reality for most yeah, of it, and, the then most, the and then by the end you buy in it. But then that's cool, like Rosemary's but, Baby. But also, something. not to get back to Hereditary, yeah, yeah. I want to continue. But no, like, just like it also blends your like, what is reality now? Like, is yeah. this all? Is this all mental? And that they're mm-hmm. ill, exactly. Until yeah, the yeah. end, you really see the naked people in the cult, and then you're like, "All right, it's definitely." But they're not. still just a cult. Yeah. So like, it's like, is, are they all mentally ill? You yeah. kind of don't know. You don't know. Yeah, it's true. There's a shit ton of bestos. Like, <laughs> yeah. But continue. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm no, 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 you're good. You're good. Um, but no, th- that's basically the premise of that movie. Um, I'm just trying to wonder why then, like, why was the Grudge 2020 so fucked up then? Like, why do what happened? I mean, you hit Sam Raimi didn't direct it. He oh, produced it. Oh, he produced it. Yeah. Okay. You know what's another? Uh, he's making Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, too. Oh, that's interesting. I that's that. going to be fun. Oh, I'd watch that makes sense, Raimi actually. Yeah. That's going to be super fun because it's kind of supposed to be like kind of like a horror film. Mm-hmm. And um, he, it's interesting. Like, I mean, obviously, like, it's interesting because Doctor Strange is in the new mm-hmm. Spider Man movies and it's all intertwining with Tobey Maguire and yeah, all that stuff, you know? Cool. So it kind of makes sense yeah. overall not to get sidetracked. But no, that's also totally. I love things. Sam Raimi. And he's he made this movie, this little tiny movie called The Simple Plan, which is sort It's not a horror movie, it's more a thriller. It's basically this plane lands in the wood, woods and these three guys find it and it's got like a shit ton of money in it, like a bag of, a big bag of money. And what these people do. <laughs> basically, it's like. Oh, okay. What will human beings do to each other, you know, in this moment? Like, it sounds familiar. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, it's not like, it's, I guess it's <laughs> sort of familiar to Squid Game, but not. Yeah. It's not, it's like more real than anything. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, why don't you talk about Hereditary? I mean, we just kind of did. Oh, we did? I'm mean, oh, not Hereditary. I'm so sorry. Midsummer, Because <laughs> yeah. it's Ari Aster. Do yeah. it again. <laughs> um, Midsummer is one of my favorite horror films ever. Um, oh, wow. I really, really, really like this film. And like you were telling me before we started the podcast that that's kind of like a homage to uh, another film. That oh, was the Wicker made. Man, the original yeah. Wicker Man from the 70s. The yeah, movie. so the reason why I am so infatuated with this film is there's many things, but um, the, fa- the, the color and mm-hmm. saturation choices for this film were so interesting to me because it's 90% in the daylight. Yeah, which is what you know. I mean, what I mean? Yeah. looking looks, at the images, it's like yeah, everything like the flowers super, are super colorful bright and, and like, very bright. It looks like a Wes Anderson movie. Kind yeah, of like times. And it's like, how do you make that scary? But he managed, and it's like, mm-hmm. all right. So like the opening scene, if anyone hasn't seen it, right? Yeah, is that, uh, and I think this is Florence Pugh's obvious breakout role. Amazing yeah. actress, you know. I, I became a fan instantly after this film. And um, basically, she is a college student who has a boyfriend, right? And she is getting messages from her sister who has mental illness issues and has been suicidal in the past, stating, threatening rather, that she is going to go away and she is taking her parents with them, right? And... She's trying to contact her boyfriend, who's kind of sick of her shit in a, in a way, in a really yeah. asshole kind of way, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not in a good way. Like she's not a bad at any means. She has a like you know has some hard stuff, and he's just being a dick, pretty much. You know, and yeah. like you're mad. You know, she she does this. You know, this is new, not new. You know, she's scared. You know, she's just threatening things. But there's something about like Florence Pugh's character that she's like, no, 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 no. This is the, this is the problem, right? And what happens? What you find out is is that she. To, uh, had her car in the driveway going on she put a pipe several pipes I think yeah. um, through the house into her parents mouth into her, her mouth 
and let it just go through. It's like a garden hose, like that's a tap, like taped to their mouth. Mm-hmm. So Did they're the getting carbon monoxide poisoning. By, yeah, they're sedated. Obviously. Oh, I was just like, what yeah. did you feel the like the hose? Going? No, no, no. Yeah, they're sedated. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you the the opening scene is just the sister lying on the, the office yeah, bed. It's a really dead, good opening, and really you just scary. see like zoom and it slowly zooms out, and you really, really see what's f- going on. Oh man! And then you yeah. just hear like crying over the phone when he gets another call from her because she's yeah. he's been spamming her like yeah. she's been spamming him rather the whole yeah. night yeah and he finally gets the call like hey what's going on at least he answers right yeah. i guess like for props i guess <laughs> and and um she's just wailing again mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me sorry she's just wailing again and it goes into this this piece where like um they were going on they, they have this exchange student mm-hmm. who was taking um because they're all doing their uh dissertations right yeah they're all doctorate students, um, pretty much. And the, he's like, we're going to take you to my home country, my home village, and you can, you know, st- one of the kids is going to study it and, and do it for his dissertation, and they're all coming. It's like a vacation, right? Yeah. So she wasn't originally supposed to come, but because everything's going haywire, she they invite her. And uh, the foreign state student is very particular in inviting her, which is off, you know, off the mm-hmm. rip. You know, you start to see, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, just a little bit, right? Yeah. He's 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 the most sympathetic to her and the most caring to her. And he takes this particular interest, right? So there's already setting the scene. So they go there. And it's actually, bring, talking about this point, I'm not going to explain, like, go off throughout yeah. the whole details of the movie. But there's one scene when they finally get there where they're all tripping sack, right? <laughs> <laughs> they all take, I don't know, acid or mushrooms or something, yeah. right? And she goes to the bathroom and she like is like looking down and when she looks up someone is in the bathroom with her. Kind of like similar to what you were talking about with the elevator scene in the grudge. Or or like where uh, something where something like comes like quickly, you know, and yeah. then like she like startled and it's gone. So that's that's like your first like look into hmm. you know, like something's off here. Yeah. And you just slowly start seeing how twisted everything is. Like the suicide scene. Yeah. yeah, that was like they throw themselves. <laughs> that was fucking crazy. They're yeah. like, okay, yeah, we're having a celebration. There's these two old people here. And like everyone's like, Oh, this is really nice. We're celebrating. Everything looks good. But they all they both look very nervous. And you're like, Why do they look so nervous? And I'm like, obviously as a yeah. as a, a viewer, you can be like, All right, well, there clearly something's gonna happen, right? Yeah. But you just don't expect what's gonna happen. So they have, I guess, this ideology there where, like, when you get old, it's just your time to, to boot because you <laughs> might as well die, like, where you're still feeling, like, okay rather yeah, than it's all suffering. Yeah. So th- they they literally suicide off this humongous mountain, yeah. right? And the, the girl does it. She dies. Everyone's, like, cool, right? But then the foreign stage people obviously are like, what the hell, well, right? No, and then, like, the husband's still alive. So, they got so like a he falls. <laughs> He falls and he dies, but he's still alive, but he's all mangled. So they take the family or whoever just takes a gigantic like Harley Quinn sledgehammer and just goes to work on his face. And you see it (laughs) and they show it to you. I remember seeing that in the theater and people were laughing. Like hysterically. That's probably like a nervous like tick It was nervous, but I honestly, I I was like. It's kind of like. I get it because like it's just so extreme yeah. where you're just like, what the fuck? My my thing was like the I I I just don't know if the filmmaker intended them to laugh because I saw I think I saw it once or I forget either once or twice I feel I think I saw the director's cut and he they threw they she jumps off and I just hear like it was like the loudest howling laughter like they couldn't stop laughing and I was like 
does he intend this or like but see but i think that's working because i don't think yeah. that they thought it was funny i because i've been to horror films so mm-hmm. many times where you have these loud rambunctious people mm-hmm. who are talking through the movie mm-hmm. and it's because they're scared and they're trying to act like yeah. they're not scared yeah. and i think that's like a nervous reaction yeah type they weren't thing. talking though no but I mean, like, just laughing. but still, I think that's like a nervous, because like when I saw, I mean, maybe yeah. it's just me, but like yeah. when I saw it, I took it serious and I wasn't yeah. like, I wasn't laughing. Yeah. I was like, that's freaking crazy. Like, you yeah. know, overall, you know, what's like, you, you guys ever see Titanic? I mean, I, not, I have actually not seen Titanic, but I know, I, I, I know what Titanic yeah. is. Like, I know yeah. the premise. So There's yeah. the part where like the ship's like at this angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Scene. And like the people are start jumping off. One guy jumps off and smacks the propeller. And I, it's, it's horrible, but it's kind of like, you just I get it. laugh. That's a little, that's a little yeah. funny. It's like, Oh man, what an asshole. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. So I guess it must be like that it. sort of I thing of yeah. like, you just see these yeah. old people yeah. just throw themselves but off. I think I, it's so crazy that you can laugh at it. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing to laugh at it either. I no, just I remember him so. laughing. And, and like, uh, I don't know if you saw once upon a time in Hollywood, but, I, didn't, I, didn't no, I haven't, I haven't no, seen it yet. Okay. I want to. But I just haven't gotten the chance. The end of it. Oh, there's a scene I laugh really hard at. And my girlfriend's like, why are you laughing? <laughs> and it's really intense and violent. And I'm laughing hysterically. Is it because like, it's just so bombastic, it's right? It's so crazy that you can't not... I cannot laugh at it. Like, I, it's insane. Yeah. I guess, you know? like, for this movie in particular, for me, like, I was trying to... Like, whenever I go into a horror film, because I want to be scared, right? Yeah. And I find myself having difficulty sometimes being frightened by, the, yeah. by these films, right? So I find that if I imagine what I would feel if I was in that position, it frightens mm-hmm. me. Because I'm like, well, they just kill people here and everyone's cool. So that's yeah. clearly a problem for me who's a foreigner, right? Yeah. Who doesn't understand the customs. And they're very, like, in the movie, they make it apparent that it's they're always very, about culture. They're very strict about their custom, right? Yeah. Like, they don't like anybody fucking their day up. when Like, mm-hmm. like some dude peed on the sacred tree and they fucking lost it. You know, oh, they were yeah. yelling at them and screaming. Like, it was a big problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like one of those yeah. things. And I think, like, for this, I just felt like what Michael said about, like, what makes a good horror film for him is that he's, like, paranoid afterwards. Mm-hmm. For me, for this film, I was just so disturbed mm-hmm. for days. Yeah. Like, I, I kept thinking about the film. I couldn't yeah. get it out of my mind because I just felt so disturbed by it. I was yeah. like, this is literally, like, so off-putting yeah. that it's so freaky to me. Yeah. And just the fact that it didn't take nighttime horror or mm-hmm. jump scares to do it to me. And... It has like these are uh, very underlying tones about where you belong and what you mm-hmm. make of it, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end, the the Florence Pugh character ends up be everyone else dies and she's a part of it. She just be, accepts it and she's like, "This is my home now." Because the yeah. foreign exchange students like, "This could be your home. Like, you could be cool here. Like, we can treat everyone. Everyone's a family here. Everyone lives good here. This could be your home." She here. lost her whole family. She too. lost. She has nobody. And then like nobody. her, and then she finds out like her her. Her her uh, boyfriend doesn't even remember their anniversary. Yeah, doesn't really give a asshole. shit. Doesn't really does an asshole. Doesn't really give a yeah. shit about her. Well, at all. I mean, I feel. I mean, it's probably intentional. Like from the cult perspective of like they kind of like groomed her in. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's almost like it's still her choice in the end. I feel like you know because she mean, she feels embraced there. Well, that's the thing. Like it's. It's a cult. So it's like, yeah. why do you feel a part? Why do people? I guess it's trying to answer the question: Why do people feel a part of cults? Yeah, and it's because they feel like they're family and they yeah. have nothing else. And they have nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's making that statement. Yes, yeah, like, and you should say that it's a, also it's a pagan movie. Like it's mm-hmm. very colorful and bright because it's about 
um, paganism. I guess paganism is that. The yeah, word? that's sorry. Yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's about festivals and that kind of. Yeah, so like, that adds like a whole other like. You even see parts where she sees that like plants are growing out of her and stuff. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's just like you can kind of see like. And it's she, also like it's really fucked up because like despite the fact that it's like oh she feels embraced and belonged like you're you're really just taking advantage of a person that's been through like a horrible trauma and now just inducting them into your society. Yeah, that's yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is adds another layer. To I mean, look at, that, look at that face <laughs> yeah like you know what i mean like she's slowly yeah. being corrupted you know by yeah. by these ideals and and you know and, and things like that without her even really knowing you know mm-hmm. and that's like it's like the one of the craziest scenes is like when she finds out that like which is solely fucked up too because it was premeditated like they mm-hmm. drugged her boyfriend yeah there's there was this woman in the cult who was really like they have this thing i guess where like when they become a woman like their point is to mate i guess to put it like yeah any you know scientific, yeah, scientifically scientifically really you know and so she's interested in her in uh the main character's boyfriend who isn't the asshole Mm -hmm. so i mean he's a dick but he's not like a person who's gonna like you know and inherently cheat or do Mm -hmm. something you know something off like that so they give him something and it's a it's clearly an hallucinogenic you know drug um totally incapacitates him in the sense that he has no idea what's going on you know and they all grab him Throw him into this room where there's a bunch of naked people just watching him. I guess Ari Aster has a thing with this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Overall, and they they start having sex. You know, the the one who was interested, and then she, Florence Pugh's character strays away from where she, what she was doing, peeks inside and sees it. Yeah. Okay. So she's obviously freaking out, and all the women because now like you know she's she became like this flower person. She won like the dance thing, so now she's like a part yeah. of it. You know, whether she wants to or not, they accept her essentially yeah. right so all the like the women that she was with who she was bonding with all like run after her and she's crying and wailing because that seems to be a thing with her like in general with her trauma mm-hmm. and they all start doing it with her oh yeah it's this image right here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they all start wailing with her like they all symbiotically feel the same pain like a hive mind yeah they like uh, empathize with yeah. yeah but it's almost like you can almost feel like it's like roots in a tree mm-hmm. where like all all the roots are connected so mm-hmm. all the things that one roots feel, the other one does. Yeah. So it's kind of like emphasizing the paganism of like, you know, where nature is all one, you yeah. know? So it's like, it's really weird. It's really, it's really, it's freaky. It's like very interesting. No, it's definitely a freaky movie. But yeah, I, I there's a movie called The Wicker Man, which um, this movie sort of steals from because it's about paganism. And no, not the Nick Cage. Not the Nick Cage <laughs> one. The original 1970 something one. Um, with Christopher Lee, of all people. Mm-hmm. He plays the bad guy, Lord Somerville. Um, it's about this little girl is going missing. So a cop from um, Britain comes in, and he's basically in charge of investigating a, the town and figuring out, yeah, a detective, figuring out where this little girl went, right? And it's what I like about it is, in comparison to Midsummer, is it's an hour and a half. Midsummer is very long. It is, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't mind it though. But I guess I can I can see that for people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wickerman basically this this guy's looking for this little girl in this town on this island, and it they're their own community, like in Midsummer, right? Like they're their own community. They're sort of culty. They just have their way of doing things, and they have all these creepy double entendre songs that are really about like sort they're folk songs, but you could, if you listen to them, they're like sort of about sexuality. And the you you this guy is a cop. He's a Christian cop, and he's coming into a pagan world. And they 
I'm going to spoil it because you guys probably aren't going to watch it. But by the end, you realized he's the virgin they're looking for to sacrifice. So it becomes this thing of like, he's looking for this little girl that's not lost. And all these people are sort of trapping him on this island to appease the gods. Mm. So, and kind of Midsummer does that too. Yeah. It's basically the same. It's like a list. They all are sacrificed in the end for the gods. gods. Yeah. 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 God damn those gods. Yeah, um, I'm, well, there's a there's a remake that came out. Oh my god, the name's escaping me now. That has to do with something like that too. Wickerman? Hmm? Wickerman? No, 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 no. It's it's similar. Like um, pagan. Like there's like um, it's like where the the United States was originally. There's like this uh, group of individuals that hung up in these like woodsy mountains. Yeah. That decided at one point in time that they were not going to. Uh, engage within the, the the progression of the united states and that they would stay in this one faction of like this medieval like, mm-hmm. not medieval i guess that's not, not the right word um like old like col- colonial colonial, colonial yeah, like type yeah. place right almost like an amish community yeah probably. yeah kind yeah. of like that but creepy as hell yeah and like um oh my god the name is it's a remake of another movie that came out like oh, a long time ago and I, I don't know i can't remember the name of it but they um so basically like they uh all go in the woods because they're all like traveling together like in this mm-hmm. hike right and they take a shortcut they get stuck um and like these like one of them dies off the bit because there's a giant tree thing that's coming towards them. oh my god is that the one of the giant deer thing yes 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 i know what you're talking yes. about yes thank you okay um so yeah so they they end up basically finding like this like um basically they thought that the deer like there's people were deer heads and like and hunting gear pretty much right mm-hmm. And they murder one of them because they thought that they were responsible for the person that was murdered beforehand. Even though it was just a trap because they don't like out they don't like outsiders coming to their spot, so they mm-hmm. have traps. So technically, they were technically responsible, but not yeah. not like pre, you know they didn't they didn't push the thing pretty much. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, so they all get like take the ones that survive get taken to this place where they have to be induct, in, in, inducted into their, like, society, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see what happens as penance to one of them is so fucked up, bro. It's so fucked up. It's insane. Like, I would be like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So they, they gouge the person's eyes out. Mm-hmm. They sew their mouth shut. All right. <laughs> and they, they stab their ears. Okay. So they lose all their senses, and then they're just thrown into this dark pit. Aye. And they're not dead. Oh, my God. They're not dead. They they loom in there. They loom in there, sightless, blind, and deaf. And they, like, literally have no this idea what's torture. going on. And it's terrifying because they have to walk through there to escape. And you just see, like, it's super dark, and you just see these, like, creepy-ass people. And at the, like, one of the parts... They're all, like, no. Yeah. It's, like, one of the parts, the girl ends up being inducted into society, and Mm -hmm. her boyfriend does, too. Yeah. But what's crazy is that she plays along with it for Mm -hmm. a while, but she is never really a part of it. But he does. So that's what he says. I have a place here. I have a value here where my skill sets can be managed into this society. So he remains. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe is, this isn't the same movie I'm thinking of. No, you're totally thinking about the same movie because they have deer heads. You're totally right. No, but no, the one I'm thinking of there's like an actual giant deer monster thing. Oh, then we're not where talking it has about the like thing. where instead of a normal deer face, it's like a human body contorted. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, we're not talking about the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I was then. like, Sad. I remember this you part. Hate, you, hate, you hate to see it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just interesting how, like, it's kind of similar, you know, where they yeah. worship different gods and things like that. Um, at least she does do a mercy kill for her friend who got end up taking the brunt of that. Because the only reason why they were all supposed to go in there, mm-hmm. but they he, they somehow managed to talk their way saying that they have value. She was like, I'll, 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 I'll give you my body because that's what I have pretty much, which is, you know, okay. I guess, you know, it's better than dying or being gouged out, right? And I guess, um, and then also, he's like, hey, I have, like, a doctorate, and I'm a medical advisor. I'm an engineer, I mean, sorry, excuse me, not medical. I think it's an engineer of some sort where he can, like, make plans and build things. He's like, hey, I have value here. I can contribute to the society. So they keep the two, but they leave the last one, and they just throw him in there. So when she's escaping, she sees him, and he's all messed up. And they get crazy. Like, they don't know what they're eating. They don't sew their mouths. I lied. I'm sorry. They don't sew their mouths. But they don't know what they're eating or what any any sense of anything so you see one of them like when they're escaping crawl out and there's like a dead body there and she just starts like biting it and like eating the guts and everything and they i don't even know if they know because they they have no no sense of what anything is right they have no idea where they are it's really weird because the movie i was thinking of has a very similar like four four guys go on a hike in these woods and they find a secret society thing that does weird paganism things, and then they worship this dear god sort of thing. And you're talking about the, two, the it's the brothers, right? There's another movie like that where like these two brothers go to this. Cult. But it's not brothers; it's four oh. of them. There's four guys. Oh, there's four guys. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's in the snow, <laughs> right? They, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of movies like this. Clearly, yeah. There's a lot of movies where people hike. Yeah, a lot of hiking, a lot of finding hidden cults. Don't go hiking. Yeah, don't go hiking. Seems to be the the moral of the story, especially at night. That's stupid. If we could teach you anything in this podcast, is that just don't go hiking. Just watch anime. (laughs) Just watch Jujutsu Kaisen and stay in your room. Oh my god! All right, all right. I'll skip because we're going. We're going late. Yeah, I'll skip um, the mist. All right. How about we just um cuz I'm pretty much good on my list. So how about cool. you guys do two uh one one or two more each. Okay. Cool. And we can wrap up. All right. Cool, cool, cool. We could do pins together if you want. Um I don't know if we, that counts. That's the thing. You it just, does. I mean, it has creepy moments. Pan's Labyrinth is probably one of my favorite movies. I don't know about you. It's good. Yeah, I, I think, think it's an incredible yeah, piece. Yeah, I don't know if is my favorite though. For out of Guillermo del Toro's movies, it's probably my favorite. Yeah, okay. Um, yes, I can agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I do like Pacific Rim though. Yeah. Pacific <laughs> Rim, oh you like God. robots fighting. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know. It's just like a modern day fairy tale, but there are really odd, scary monsters in it and scary moments in it, and I think it's worth a look. I also think it's like an incredible movie about innocence and losing innocence. Yeah. It's it's really hits home and it's about the futility of war and it's got monsters in it. And yeah. that's what's so incredible. And it's it, it, it delivers on all those genre aspects of like monsters and creatures and and a story about a little girl. But it also has something to say about humanity, which I think is incredible. It's I, like if you took a fairy tale book and then Berserk kind of just like... <laughs> okay i mean I, I always like that theme like attack on titan and like the witcher and things mm-hmm. like that have a similar theme like who are the real monsters yeah no you know, i love you know that what i mean yeah. so much yeah. i love what my favorite monsters are when they're not the monsters that's the thing right yeah. and it's like that's what's cool about them it's like same thing with like attack on titan right like the titans are just 
you know, incapacitated humans that have no mental capacity. Mm-hmm. They just have this like hunger, right? But then yeah. you have all this corruption within the yeah. the the walls and and the people and and the the government and mm-hmm. and you see people killing people and not only just yeah. you know what I mean you're like who who really is like you know the the end all be all you know yeah. and everything like that and it's 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 not always a nice you know my favorite thing plot. is yeah there's a John Carpenter quote I don't know if you guys know John Carpenter he made Halloween and the thing yeah. and mm-hmm. and Escape from New York and my favorite quote of his was like there are two types of horror movies there's the one where ah that's the monster there uh, or th- there's sorry let me i fucked that up Try again. Again. Points. yeah right uh <laughs> there are two types of horror movies there's one where it's the monster is over there it's trying to scare it's over there right it's oh it's on the opposite side of the hill of us and then there's the other one where the monster is us mm. those are the two types and I always, I always love that quote because I'm just like, that's, that's, it's really true. And those are yeah. the better, to me, those are the better horror movies because that gets to the truth. Yeah. Like the other is usually never the monster. We're usually the monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, and, 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 um, Pan's Labyrinth kind of get hits that a little bit. Yeah. And Pan's Labyrinth is also just, it, yeah, it delivers on all those genre aspects, but it's also just an incredible movie in general. Yes. And it's gory. There are moments that are kind well, of awful and uh, scary. Yeah, bottles, right? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, we were talking about this earlier. You described it as cinema fantastic. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it fits that category of like so horror movies, right? We call them horror movies in America, but in honest, in, in France they call them cinema fantastic, which basically means fantasy movies. These okay. fantasy movies, and I kind of agree with that description better than horror movies because when you call them horror there's automatically this label for some people of like this is just trash okay and it's easy to horrify somebody that's the whole other thing it's like if i show you a shredded puppy right you're gonna go ah yeah like this is horrifying but if i engage you in a story that's either eerie or scary or i engage you in a story that has a monster in it that's eerie and scary that's different you know, getting somebody's attention, their suspension of disbelief and, and making them believe in these characters and walking in their shoes is a totally other thing. That's I, what Midsummer does. Yeah. That's what a lot of movies do. I mean, do. I also the feel good like, ones do. I also feel like um, uh, Pan's Labyrinth also takes the element of it's like you said, it's a fairy tale. Yeah, right? it definitely is. Yeah. And it's not scary tra- in the traditional sense mm-hmm. of like, it's not like an immensely gory or there's no like possession thing or mm-hmm. demon whatever sure well <laughs> uh there's monster sort of things but they're not necessarily like normal monsters it's like it's like you have a fae right or you're you talking have... about the fawn fawn yeah, yeah yeah i'm sorry yeah um it's the same thing really <laughs> i didn't even know it's... what a fae was i just i, I know you lost cool. me when you said fawn i'm like i'm with fairies it's <laughs> fairies yeah. of the woods you know how yeah, it goes. yeah. Fairies. um and like it, it does feel more of just fantasy, but it just happens to be darker, right? Yeah, it's harder. like a grim fairy tale. Yeah. Well, the it fairy really tales is. were originally scary, right? Yeah, they're, they're horror, horror stories. Yeah, they're, they're horror definitely stories. horror stories. You read Cinderella, it's creepy, Snow White, whatever it is. Yeah, they're all usually creepy, and then Disney kind of twisted it a little bit. But also, some Disney movies are actually very creepy. Um, uh, Pinocchio is kind of still yeah, kind of horrific. That's a, hmm. 
Um, and so is uh, Fantasia has some creepy moments. That's not really a fairy tale though. No, no, no. I was just saying Disney. Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. Is it you're talking about the new one that they made recently? Pinocchio. Or, yeah, or just in no. General? I'm talking about the original Pinocchio, like, like the, the Disney an, Pinocchio. The animation one. Yeah, they remade Pinocchio. I haven't. I thought they did. Maybe they I'm, did maybe in I'm, like the 2000s, but it maybe, wasn't uh, Disney. Yeah. But the oh, Disney really? Pinocchio, when he turns into the 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 donkey, the donkey, and he's on that island, for, yeah, that and was, like we put all the kids. That's creepy. Yeah, that was weird. I'm sorry, that's really creepy. I weird. don't even remember. Can you can you elaborate a little? bit Okay, on that? so um, was it Pleasure Island? Pleasure right? Island. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's great so name. all these kids get sent to Pleasure Island, right? And the, and basically, it's this place where you can, it's basically a carnival on crack. Okay. Where you can do whatever you want. You do no parents, no rules. You okay. much cotton candy as you want. It's, a, it's like you overindulgence. Much, yeah, you can okay. smoke cigars. And, okay. Well, because it's the forties. Yeah. Like, okay. So you can smoke like... cigars and stuff like that. So at, by the end of it, so they're drinking this drink, and if you, all the kids who drink the drink start slowly turning into donkeys. And then they start using them for like workers and stuff, or getting people. sold away. Oh, yeah, yeah, getting sold away to people. What the, what the that's freaky. Yeah, it's um, really messed up. Anyway, so Pan's Labyrinth to me, it's just it's like an old timey sort of fairy tale. It's a modern fairy tale, but it it, it says something about humanity and all those things, and that's why I really I think yeah. enjoy it. Um, uh, the next one I would say is I guess American Werewolf in London for me is like one of my favorite. Yes. You know. Horror yeah. movies. I saw some. I was at a in Florida like two years ago, mm-hmm. and there was like this prop artist who was there, and yeah. he was showing us stuff from like that movie. Oh, really? That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, what he did was, he show you? It was like he there was like a werewolf costume, but then he was oh, also nice. showing like how they make like the blood and like different like you know like stab wound. Like, like are you stab, talking about the horror show at Universal? I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of my favorite things that Universal yeah. Studios yeah, 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 yeah. to do. Yeah, it's the one. Yeah, I was he always talk, he talks about the changeo heads. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, so American Werewolf in London is an impactful movie on movies because it revolutionized uh, uh, filmmaking and it revolutionized effects. Like it was the first movie to really um, show a werewolf, werewolf transformation to be painful and in daylight. Yeah. Right. So that's what it's really famous for. And it's really it's a brutal scene. If you ever get to watch the scene where he trips, it's really brutal. And what I love about American Werewolf in London is it's really funny, but it's scary. And I saw it when I was 12 years old. And it's probably part of the reason why I really love it still. Mm-hmm. And it freaked me out as a 12 year old because I watched the first 10 minutes of it. And then I went to bed. And that, you never do that with a <laughs> horror movie. No. Never watch the first 10 minutes and like, oh, if- these two guys are in the woods and there's a werewolf. I'm tired. Let's turn it off. Big mistake. Because <laughs> yeah. you're just listening outside. Like, is there something outside? Yeah. So, um, anyway, I love it because it's funny. I love it because it's scary. I, I think it's one of those movies that I can just go back to and enjoy every time. And I think a lot of people have a problem with it, especially the ending. And I think it's a great ending. And it's basically an homage to all the werewolf movies. Yeah. Because a werewolf is supposed to die in front of somebody they love. And they're supposed to die. They're victims. If you look at the original Wolfman and American Werewolf in London, is they're both... They're about um, Judaism, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Mac, the guy who wrote the original Wolfman, um, basically escaped Nazi Germany before world war ii started and what he made he made the symbol that was the sign of the wolfman it was the five-pointed star the five-pointed star is also known as the star of david yeah so what he did that was so incredible is he made them victims like basically the jews in the holocaust and 
he kind of carries that over in American Werewolf in London. That's the subtext. You have these two Jewish boys from New York who are hiking in the middle of the woods and you know something bad's going to happen to them. Like from the minute you see those two characters, they go to, <laughs> they're in a, they're in a, they, you, you meet these characters in a truckload of sheep. Where do they go? To a bar called the Slaughtered Lamb. You know these kids yeah. are in trouble. Plus they're hiking. I mean, if yeah. we've learned anything. <laughs> yeah. And the whole idea of it that's really incredible to me is like it takes the reality of like if you were to deal with something like this, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Even if you were in the presence of it, yeah. especially like a werewolf or something like that, mm-hmm. you'd be like, those don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole premise of it is you're he, basically the pitch of the movie was two guys are walking down the street, right? You, you watch, you, you're walking out the street with your friend. You just saw a movie. And you see this guy, he's six foot tall, he's got p- white pancake makeup on, his his hair is on, you know, is gelled back. in, slick yeah, back. back. He's wearing a cape, black cape. And he goes, good evening, I want to suck your blood. You're like, what? Yeah. Good evening, I want to suck your blood. You'd laugh, right? Yeah. He's like, I want to suck. No, you're going to suck my... <laughs> get you laugh in this guy. Like, yeah, yeah, get away. He has fangs. He rips your throat out. You're bleeding. You're in pain. Not once do you think, this is the supernatural. Yeah. This guy's undead. You're thinking, help me, I'm dying. Help me, I'm dying. And that's the whole premise of that movie is, help me, I'm dying. <laughs> um, this isn't real. This isn't happening. The whole movie, he thinks he's going crazy. Mm. Um I love that. And I, I love this movie and I think it's really funny and it's one of the it's best like lines he ever. He can't come to terms with his reality, right? Yes. And mm. the, the, my favorite line is, a naked American man snow, stole my balloon. So he turns into a werewolf one night and he ends up in of all places a zoo. Okay. <laughs> so he's naked in a zoo and he's got to get home. <laughs> so this little boy is like holding a balloon <laughs> and he's hiding in a bush and he's trying to talk to this little boy. He's like, hey, hey, you over here. Come here, come here. I'll give you a dollar, a pound, whatever it was. Because that's not creepy at all. And yeah, and he mm-hmm. takes the balloon and runs the fuck off, basically. And then he tells us, a naked American man stole my balloon. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I love, it's so funny. It's sad. It's really sad. That's what I kind of love about it. And it has one of the best cut to endings, like, your main character that you've been with that you feel bad for this whole time dies. And then they cut to this pop song, a blue moon. And it's just like, fuck you. Basically yeah. like he's yeah. dead. There's nothing that's going to change that. Yeah. And it makes me joyous. And it's like a, such a rock and roll. Fuck you. It's like the end of the Sopranos where they're like, it's like, let's just leave it for your interpretation. You know, it's like, it's like, boom, cut. And you're like, ah, what? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yes, it leaves you wanting more. And I love that feeling mm. when you leave a movie, leaving you wanting more. Nice. nice. So I guess I'll, that'll be my last one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, what about you, Michael? Do you have anything else you want to share? Um, yeah. Let me just cleans up a little bit. Uh, so. I mean, I had Coraline on this list. And compared to the other ones, this is animated with stop motion. Doesn't make it any less creepier. Doesn't make it any <laughs> no, less creepier. If anything, it adds to it. Yeah, yeah. it really does. I'm not a big f- 
claymation creeps me out. I don't really watch claymation. <laughs> movies, so Wallace and Gromit right. gives you nightmares. Yeah, man. The Builder. Oh my God, no. Bob the Builder was claymation. Yeah, the original what the one. Hell, really? You remember that? I you didn't realize that. that. I mean, I probably did at the time. But uh, it's, it's been so the long. Builder, can he creep you? Sorry. <laughs> Continue, Mike. Okay. So, I I, I want. I mean, Caroline's how old now? Like two decades and <laughs> almost. Has it been that yeah. long? It's been. Uh, it's what battle one? It's like two thousand nine, I think. Is it 2007 or 2009? Yeah, man, okay. it wasn't that. Uh, yeah, I was supposed to say. It's like oh, yeah. 10 years or 11 years. Yeah. 12 years, maybe. So I want to see if we assume everyone at least knows something about it. Yeah. Right? Um, this is a very just interesting because, like, I think what a lot of people grabbed onto is, like, they saw Tim Burton had a part in it, right? Tim Burton didn't have a part in it. Well, is he? Be- Henry Selick, the guy who directed Nightmare Before Christmas, did. Maybe that's what you're confusing him with. But, oh, I thought he has a credit on it, though. No. Does he not? No, he doesn't. Oh. But it's because, but it, it, there's a connection. There's like a lineage. Oh, you because know, you know Henry what? Selick worked on Nightmare Before yeah, Christmas, you, and he also did James and the Giant Peach, which Tim Burton both produced. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm remembering the trailers where it was, again, from the creators of the Nightmare Before Christmas. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, anyway, people saw that, and it's yeah. like, oh, Nightmare Before Christmas. It was Halloween y, but like, it still was fine for mm-hmm. kids. Let's go see this one. It's Claymation. You know, cool. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> this movie, for even though it's like still a kid's movie. Yeah. It has very disturbing stuff in it. <laughs> like, the whole idea is the girl, Caroline, is like, has a kind of rough relationship with her parents. And yeah. is not really happy. Yeah. And from some circumstances, she finds this like hole in the wall and it transports her to another version of her house with another version of her parents, but they're like different. They're extremely like kind of caring for her and they have. Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, I was hinting. Yeah, guys. I know. Um, and like the dad who was kind of just like dead be at his computer is now like, oh, he's an inventor and he's got this huge garden and stuff and it's cool. The only thing that's a little bit weird is that they have buttons for eyes. Okay. Like the like the jacket yeah, buttons. Yeah, and I know what you're referring yeah. to. And, and then that's a little off-putting because they're just like kind of <laughs> you don't think. staring all the time. Sure. And then it kind of devolves from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like there's always just something off and it keeps getting yeah. more and, and more off. And the music is really unsettling. Yeah. Um, and it kind of becomes this like dangerous world of like not everything is what it seems it's a trap yeah exactly and like uh, let's just say the creepiest thing is the other mother let's let's just get that out of the way the other mother is i guess kind of the mastermind would that be the safe yeah she's the she's the antagonist yeah wait other mother the one with the buttons or without the buttons with the buttons With buttons. with the buttons okay yeah she's called the other mother okay and like as it kind of devolved and the world mm-hmm. falls apart. Her like truish form is revealed and she like elongates and has very spidery like limbs and stuff. Yeah. And like, it's all a manipulation to try to get Coraline stuck there. And like, they offer her at one point, her own pair of button eyes. It's like, Oh, we, what colors do you want? And like, you want a blue or yellow? Like, There's traditional black and stuff. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but what I love is that there is a lot of layers also to it. 
where there's little hints of like there's something wrong you can't mm-hmm. trust the house um they make her like a birthday cake mm-hmm. and they write out it in cursive and someone broke down like i guess someone who studies handwriting and stuff and it's like how they looped the o's and stuff is traditionally in a way when someone's deceiving you oh really yeah <laughs> that's crazy so you're just like oh my god the attention to detail yeah, yeah i was like holy shit like you no one would have ever noticed that you didn't yeah. have to yeah like, like any individual but that's that's really cool that's really yeah. Cool yeah stuff yeah my favorite thing though is that originally it was a book yeah that'd be neil gaiman yeah so i read the book it's a good book yeah so Originally, when Nick Gilliam wrote this and brought it to the publisher, the publisher's like, what? This is a kid's book? No, it's not. And he's like, no, 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 no. Kids will enjoy it. Like, you can show this to your daughter and she'll be fine. And it's like, all right, fine. I'm going to show my daughter. And if she doesn't like it, it's too scary. It's no. Next day comes. It's like, so she liked it. (laughs) (laughs) And then what's even more funny is that Many years later, like he meets with the publisher again, yeah. he meets the daughter, and it's like, Oh man, I heard you like the book and stuff. It's like, Are you kidding? And at the time, I was just too scared to say no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, really? Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I was kind of, I just wanted to see what happens, but I was yeah. like, Oh my god, <laughs> like Henry Selick, Selick, rather, I think he it took him like 12 years to make that movie, it took him a really long time, really? even after James and the Giant Peach and Nightmare Before Christmas. It took him a while like to make in- it. Like in terms of getting it into Get, production, yeah, getting or, into production. Okay, because nobody really wanted to make it because I think it was too creepy. Mm. But I, I think that's what I miss honestly in kids' movies is a real sense of danger and a real sense of fear. Yeah, I'm always mad when they sort of sugarcoat it, or and it's just like the world is a dangerous place. You should not be lying sheltering. to kids and sheltering them. The, only, the last movie that I thought actually did that besides Harry Potter, because Harry Potter, actually, there's some danger. That scared me. Those yeah. little black ghosts. I'm not. I'm Dementors, not, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Dementors, there it yeah. Is. Those things freaked me out yeah, when I was right? younger. Yeah. And, but that's a good, that's a sign of a good story and that, that involves you. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not going to be scary, what's the point to me? And um, the that movie, I really love this movie, The Kid Who Would Be King, that just came out. Um the bad guy or bad girl, bad woman, mm. um, the the villain. The villain. There we go. The villain of that movie was scary. And I was like, I miss this. I miss when villains are like, will kill children. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it makes it all the more um, enticing real. Real. And, and, and entertaining and real to watch. It makes you want to watch it. When you when when the villain's a joke, the movie's a joke. Yeah. Like, I don't there's buy no real into threat. it. Yeah, there's no real threat. Therefore, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I want to care about these characters. And and Coraline does that so beautifully. And I also... Coraline's just a creepy movie. It's, like, <laughs> as an adult watching that movie, it makes me scared. Yeah. I I am scared for Coraline. And it's freaky. Yeah. You know? And that whole idea of... Um, She's only created the space outside, not nothing outside of your imagination. Yeah. It's so awesome, but creepy. Like it's just cloud and you keep walking in the same circle, going back to right. your house because there's nothing else created by her. Yeah. It's like her own personal little world yeah. that she's there to like manipulate you. With. What's even worse is because in the movie, they slightly deviate from the book where when the other mother reveals the true form, it's very bug like. Right? Yeah. And like everything in her room is kind of turned bug oriented. Yeah. What happens in the actual book 
is that it almost is like the world falls apart and like reality starts just breaking. So it becomes like a void. Yeah. That's scary. And, and, like, and I feel like, oh my God, if that was what the final cut turned out to be, I was like, that movie just no kid. <laughs> but then it goes in the book, it goes back to reality. Oh yeah. But the hand is still alive. Yeah. yeah One yeah. of her hand. It, so it's like, you think it's over and then <laughs> it's this like severed hand. That's like been following her and still been stalking her basically. And I think the hands in does the she, movie, does right? She not know? I don't remember. Wait, does she not know that the hand is alive? I think she knows the stalking her, but she doesn't know where it is or what, what's going on with it. Um, and and I think Coraline in the book sets a trap for the hand, which was really interesting. Um, oh, maybe it wasn't a movie. Then I think maybe that was. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I yeah I I think I, I I get your point. I still think the movie's better than the book. I mean, because I think it. I never read the book, it. so. Oh, okay. Well, it contains it in a way. That doesn't digress as much. Yeah. And it's also, it's funner to see, like, course, somebody yeah. imagining that yeah. than to, like, you imagining it yourself. It's putting yeah. it, uh, putting it on paper, essentially. Yeah. And actually, like, visually, it's a very appealing movie. Like, visually, it looks amazing. Yeah. And it's also, it's just, there's, there's that undercurrent of creepiness that involves you from the beginning. And it's that, that classic trope we were talking about of, like, you know, you go into this place and something is wrong. Something is unsettling, you know, but it's for kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, now, one last thing, one last movie for our night. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, I have uh, Sweeney Todd Down, okay, which is a horror musical movie. Yeah. Um, it's very good. Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I feel like we need to end this night on a banger. So let's talk about. One of the most disturbing services I had. Uh, 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 no. oh. <laughs> Let's talk about Eraserhead. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, Nick, and Nick knows this movie because he's watched it. I just watched it yesterday for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. You have not watched it, I, I assume. I have not seen it. I'll give characters. you a little teaser, though. You remember that baby from PT? Yes. It's. Came from this movie. No way, really? Basically. Oh, shit. It's totally like an homage to Oh, it. yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's... I think I saw, like, Baby. Yeah, I think it's right there. Well, it's, uh, his head is near it right there. Like... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's so uh, weird. Yeah. So, with this movie, you have to kind of buy into the crazy reality it's presenting. It's not even reality, just the fantasy of it. And once you do, it gets really kind of i guess deep is the word um sure <laughs> yeah you can read into it as Complex, much as you like maybe yeah but it's not even like there's no like in hereditary in midsummer there's a narrative story mm-hmm. and you can read into the narrative but there's still a clear narrative yeah in this in particular there is a narrative but it's more disjointed and it's more up into interpretation yeah mm-hmm. very much so like yeah, I watched it and I remember because I, I, I first watched like part of it near the end when I was younger because my dad's like, oh, check this out. And the scene I was watching was the character on stage <laughs> and then his head pops off <laughs> and then baby fetus head comes out. <laughs> yeah. And then the head drops onto the floor. Yeah. 
right? And it starts bleeding out all over this checkerboard, sorry, all over this checkerboard floor. And he's got this pole thing in front of him and he's just like shaking and twisting it. And it's like, and then the baby's crying, the baby's crying. And you're like, what? Like, what the frick is this movie? Yeah. Like what is happening? What are you showing me right now? Yeah. It, 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 the whole premise of it is sort of like, there's this dude, he has this job and he works in this like industrial sort of world. And then there's, he has this girl that, you know, he's seeing, um, mm. and the movie kind of opens with this dude, the say our main character's head. There's this world like crater behind him and this fetus sort of, I guess, shooting out of his mouth. Yeah. And then, okay. That's the first shot in the movie. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Set the tone. So, <laughs> then you, you, you sort of meet him and then you see him talking to the parent, her parents. And then she's like asking questions like, did you have sexual intercourse with her? Like his the her mother the parents yeah. yeah and then they cut to like a dog with its puppies sucking on the nip and then they cut back to them talking about that and then it's this weird weird dream sequence by the end of it you realize like he he's living in this apartment and he has this baby thing if you could call it that it's this sure. weird alien like baby and it's and it's wrapped up and <laughs> basically his. His girlfriend leaves her with the baby. So now he's scared. And now he starts seeing, like, he looks down at this baseboard heater, which is right next to him. And there's this stage, this proscenium inside with this little woman. And she's got these really big cheeks. Yeah. You can see her on the left. Yeah. Yeah. And she starts stepping on the fetus from the beginning. Like, she's, like, stepping on the fetus, stepping on the fetus, tap, tap, tap. And then she's then they cut to later, they cut back to her in the baseboard and she's saying everything's better in heaven, everything and over and over and over and over again. And you're like, what the fuck is going on with yeah, this movie? I'm like, and what then the freak is going on? The scene yeah. Mike was talking about where the head that's like the that's the ending ending sort of. And then, so like his head pops off, right? And then this little kid finds the head. He takes the head, he brings it into this factory, and they make eraser heads out of his head. And okay. scene. And <laughs> wait, wait. the kicker is, it, it basically, if you look at it the right way, or you can look at it anyway, you could imprint what you want. Yeah. It's a movie about not wanting to have a kid. And the fear of having a kid because this baby is whining and whining the whole time and he is scared shitless. Yeah. And it's like the nightmare of that. Yeah. I, I, that's what I interpreted as. That's what it makes it's sense. A... That sounded like I, I don't even I can't even say anything. <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> that's pretty much all it is. Yeah. I guess like watch it. I guess it's, right. a, it's a nightmare of a movie. It's, it's yeah, really it's like, a, it seems like just disturbing by the, the pure chaos of yeah, what's that in, last what's scene is I, again, I was just watching. I was like, what is going on right now? What is like, what, what is going fuck? on? And also, why do I, why am I watching? Like you get this, like, why am I watching this? And like, it's because it's so weird. Like, yeah, you can't help, but you can't can help, but watch see it. See if this makes sense. Yeah. In the end, right? And then you're trying to make sense. out. And then Hideo Kojima's like, wait a minute. We can use this. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. But 
Man, that's yeah, that's insane, dude. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that, right. just, yeah. just that lady in general, just I can't stare that at her. That baby anymore. is ugh. just get her out of my face, my god. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man, well, I think we should probably wrap up because we've been going for a while. This is probably the longest podcast, yeah. I think we were 100%. No, don't even because this was honestly, I think, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Yeah, I think this has been a fantastic episode. I've really learned a lot. And I, I, I appreciate, we appreciate you coming on yeah. and then talking to us and really sharing the knowledge and the wealth. And now, it's been you. awesome. Now, Nick, this is your, coming on. this is your spotlight. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to promote? Do you have anything you want to <laughs> share um, your socials or anything? Yeah. Where can uh, they find you, man? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, I guess. On Instagram, my name is, uh, smells like teen sewage. Um, it was <laughs> when I was 14 and I'm not changing it. Um, you could also, I guess I have a Twitter handle that I'm going to start up soon because Nick does movies. I love movies. I'm, I'm thinking about starting up um, my YouTube channel. I'm also, me and Mike worked on a movie, yes, which I yes. am very excited. Promote about. that. Promote yes. that. <laughs> it's called uh, Broken Record. Um, it's, I, I can't even describe it. It's just a really short film. It's a short film um, that me and Mike are super proud of. Yep. Um, we're still in post on it, but it should be done in the next month or so, I would say. Yeah. Um, it, we're working on sound design right now, but it's a really interesting movie, and I hope you guys yeah you know, check it out. Yeah, point. we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about it on the podcast and, and cool. post it out. Maybe we'll bring you back. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can bring you back. That'd be great. All um, right, thank you. Yes, it was Appreciate great it. having you on. And this has been episode two of our Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> 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 Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well once again we always appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the imposter syndrome podcast i'm jake i'm michael and i'm nick aquilino peace Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.